You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Welcome back to the Paracast. This is going to be our last episode for 2011, but we'll be back in 2012. It's also Christmas Day when you hear this show. So we hope everybody around the world has a great holiday. As you mentioned, oh, humbug. Mr. Scrooge. There he is, Scrooge McDuck, alias. I got, a, I got a hole in me roof where the rain gets in. All right. I think a lot of people feel that way in this day and age. Do you think we need E.T. to come down here and kind of straighten us out? No, I just need a bucket of tar. Ah, tell me more. I'm curious. <laughs> I got a leak in my roof. Oh, seriously? He does have a leak yeah. in his roof. So yeah, we're in a bad mood. Bah humbug. Okay, so we're going to hear it like drip, drip, drip through the entire show. No, that's 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 uh, my corny jokes and your humor. I have no humor. I don't laugh anymore. Do you remember <laughs> laughter? We're going to have a good show today, though. We are. This is going to be fascinating because he's a person whose name I've heard, but I haven't really explored what he's got. But before we get into that, just want to mention a couple of things. Our friend Tim Beckley, who has been kind of part of my life for, I don't know, 40 years or something like that. We first became acquainted as teenagers, and he was a really wild guy when it came to UFOs. He's, a, I guess, an ace promoter. If nothing else, he has a solid belief in the subject, a family that had paranormal encounters. And, of course, last week we had a really fascinating discussion with Tim Beckley. But also, from time to time, Tim serves as kind of a consulting producer for the show because he suggests guests. And we don't obviously choose all the guests that he recommends, but he recommends some pretty good ones from time to time. And we bring them on the show. We thought, you know, Tim has been such a good friend for so many years it's not fair to take advantage of his promotional activities, of his recommendations, and not give him kind of a position with the show. So what do you think, Chris? Should we give him a consulting producer I think, I think Mr. Creepo should assume the position. Mr. Creepo, not Mr. UFO. Well, he does have an alter ego, too, just like me. <laughs> oh, this is going to be fun. So Tim Beckley is the consulting producer officially for the PowerCast. You'll hear from him from time to time. You'll also hear the guests that he brings aboard. And as you know, Tim publishes books that are quite sensible, quite reasonable with a lot of the people that we have on the show contributing. He's obviously done work with our friend Mr. O'Brien, but also people like Nick Redfern. But sometimes he publishes books that are pretty wacky. And we don't mention the ones that are wacky. We kind of concentrate on the stuff that is sensible. Because Tim is of the person who believes that he shouldn't tell people what to think. He'll present the information. He'll put it out there. You think what you want about it. If you don't agree with it, don't buy the book. If you buy the book and you don't agree, well, maybe don't buy any more books. I don't know. But that's his position as a publisher. My position is I probably wouldn't do it. But I like Tim, so he's helpful. I like him, I like him too. He's, he's, he's quite the tricksterish type of guy. And... Uh, we need a little bit of that energy, I think, here in 2012. 2012. So is this going to be the year that the world ends? I don't think so. I think we're headed towards some sort of uh, transformational singularity. We're all going to, uh, like, uh, I don't know, how do the New Agers say it, transit into the fifth dimension? Why don't you define for our listeners who are looking <laughs> and are gobsmacked <laughs> over what you just said, what, pray tell, is a transformational singularity? Well, you've heard of the Big Bang, right? <laughs> yes. Is this going to be the big bust? 
No. Well, you've heard of the Big Bang, right? Of course. Okay. Scientists have it all bass backwards. okay? We're headed towards a Big Bang. We're not coming from one. They, they got their, you know, everything's just totally reversed. It's, it's 180 degrees here. As we speak, there's a helicopter flying over our studio here in Phoenix, Arizona. So if you hear this noise in the background, I didn't look outside to see if this is a black helicopter or not. Well, I told them to keep their ear on you. How closely? My wife has actually been mentioning this with regard to 2012. She says, how come we don't do shows on 2012? And my response is, I don't believe that anything's going to happen in 2012 that hasn't already happened. I mean, the economy has been a mess, so it'll continue to be a mess. The political landscape continues to be a mess. So what's going to change? Well, it's just going to be the same, you know, same old, you know what, different day, different year. It better get better because it can't get much more worse. Oops. I Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Sounds like the song from the Beatles. I've got to admit it's getting better. And then they did a counter chorus. You can't get no worse. That's a, the John Lennon part. Yeah, right. That's his expertise in songs like that. Moving on to another subject, just very quickly, let's do the promotion again. We opened up a new version of the official PowerCast store at store.thepowercast.com. We have new T-shirt designs. We have the mugs. We have the cups. We have the caps. We also have mouse pads. Does anyone use mouse pads anymore? No, they all just tweet and text. Well, I think, you know, people have their Android and iOS phones, their iPhones, so you're tapping. You have iPads, you're tapping. So you don't need a mouse pad, do you? But we have one if you have an older computer and one of these older rollerball input devices. Well, we have that too. We have like 169 different products at store.thepowercast.com and we make minimal profit. I mean, not much at all. They let you set the profit, this particular merchant, lets you set what profit you want. And I'm not very smart about business, so I made it very low. <laughs> okay. Well, one thing I, I can tell you, Gene, if aliens are f us from the future, there's one thing that doesn't make sense. How come they don't have long, like very uh, like multi-knuckled thumbs that are, have tiny little pads on the end? I, I just I can't believe how many kids I see walking around with their heads looking down, tapping their thumbs on these little tiny buttons on their phones. I think if if we evolve into some sort of um, texting life form, our thumbs are going to look a lot different, don't you think? And all these like ETs that people describe, all the other fingers are long and spindly, not their thumbs. So I'm not sure if they're from the future and and us, you know. I know my son, he's 25 now, learned thumbing his nose at everybody. No, seriously, learned to use his thumbs with his basic feature phone. Before there were smartphones that were affordable, he had a basic feature phone, like a Motorola Razor, and he was doing the thing with the thumbs. Now, I don't do the thing with the thumbs on my iPhone. I just take one finger and I tap. I'm a single finger tapper. Yeah, that's what she told me. That's right, but you don't know the truth. The truth is we have a fascinating guest, really, really interesting, kind of a different slant for what we do on the show that you round up for us here. 
tell. Yeah, he he was he was a tough tough one to get in touch with, boy, and try to nail him down for an interview. I I don't think I've ever heard Gary Beckham, our today's guest, uh, on a podcast or a radio show. Now, there might be uh, some in our listening audience that have heard him, and uh, I'd be interested to know what show he's been on. But Gary is one of those behind the scenes kind of guys that that just. He's an amazing researcher. He's a futurist. He's very, I think, even keeled and uh, very provocative with some of the interesting information he comes up with. And his, his starpod.org website is, is a must for anybody that wants to know what's going on behind the scenes in this field. He has incredible contacts within government. He knows anybody who's anybody that you've never heard about that has something to do with uh, all these wonderful paranormal subjects that we talk about. And, and this is a, a real pleasure to get Gary on the show. If you have a comment or a question about the Paracast, why don't you send us a note, news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com, or give us a tweet at theparacast on Twitter, at theparacast. Okay, we have Gary Beckham coming up next on The Paracast. As you know, the Paracast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 85,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For our listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service, such as Steve Jobs, the best-selling authorized biography from Walter Isaacson. For that free audiobook, go to audiblepodcast.com slash Paracast. That's audiblepodcast.com slash Paracast. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Nick Wadena with Midas Resources. If you have an IRA or 401k, did you know you can turn that nest egg into a physical gold and silver nest egg? Do you know what kind of specific precious metals are allowed by law to be in retirement accounts? Did you know that you can take physical delivery of these precious metals? Would you like to know more? It's a fact. Stocks and mutual funds have been a wild ride, and many people's retirement funds have taken large hits. If you put $100,000 in gold in January of 2009, it would be worth over $200,000 today. If you put $100,000 in silver, then it would be worth over $300,000 today. Today. As bailouts for banks and the seemingly endless printing of money continues worldwide, the value of the dollar could decline further, in turn possibly pushing gold and silver much, much higher. Protect what you work so hard for. Call me, Nick Wadena, 1-800-686-2237, extension 343, and learn what your options are. Again, that's 1-800-686-2237, extension 343. Once again, 1-800-686-2237, extension 343. 
Yes! Fight back this cold and flu season with the world's best garlic extract, Ali C. Why Ali C? Because it helps your body fight viruses, bacteria, and fungi. Ali C has been scientifically proven in double blind studies using low doses to greatly reduce the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Ali C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin, the active ingredient in crushed garlic. Studies show Ali C is effective against MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections. One tablet of Ali C has the equivalent of 40 cloves of garlic. Ali C supports your body's resistance to all types of conditions and can help lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. So boost your body's resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Ali C. For more information and to order Ali C, call 877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com. That's 1-877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com for your Ali C today. That's the sound of your door being kicked in by an intruder with a single kick. That's the sound of the same door now protected by the Door Sentinel at MySafeDoor.com. Go to MySafeDoor.com right now and watch the amazing video. At MySafeDoor.com, you'll learn how to turn your home into a fortress with the Door Sentinel. 16 kicks later, and the Door Sentinel is still holding strong. MySafeDoor.com. That's MySafeDoor.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And if you'd like to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from theparacast.com. That's theparacast.com. Or check us out at iTunes. We're going to report on the existence of a star pod, ladies and gentlemen. What is that? Well, our guest is Gary Beckham, and he's founder of something called Starstream Research. So, Gary, welcome to the PowerCast. Um, hi, Gene. Thanks for having me on today. I'm curious here, because people may not have heard of you, what, pray tell, is Starstream Research? Uh, well, that's a pretty good question. It was something that kind of happened uh, by accident over a period of several years. Back in the 1990s, I became very interested in anomalous mental phenomena, things like uh, lucid dream states. I guess eventually you know, that led me into looking into things like remote viewing and things that the U.S. government had been involved in over the years. And uh, along the way, I kind of bumped heads with a bunch of different people uh, over the Internet, including uh, Nick Cook from James Defense Weekly. And at that time, he was he was working on a book called The Hunt for Zero Point. So I kind of answered a few questions for him here and there and, and passed on uh, contact information to Nick while he was researching this book. And uh, eventually, I decided that I had a lot of additional information that had never really been published before, and I thought maybe I should do something with it. So at that point in time, this is probably, oh, maybe a couple of years after 9-11, I decided I would actually try to formalize it and launch it as kind of a small publication company. 
Okay. And that was basically the beginning. All right. Now, what is your background to enable you to want to do this kind of unusual research? You know, if you go back to when I was probably, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 years old, I was uh, enrolled in kind of an advanced uh, accelerated uh, learning course at the time. And uh, my best friend's father worked at the University of Minnesota, and we spent a lot of time there. We actually discussed a lot of topics that are of interest today, things like uh, could you bend space and time? Could you build a warp drive? You know, is telepathy possible? Uh, we shared a lot of interest in science fiction and, and uh, physics ideas. And, uh, and eventually I came to the conclusion, I don't know, when I, again, I was pretty young, but I kind of decided that maybe... It wasn't possible to travel between the stars. Now, most people find that funny that, you know, I'm in this field, and yet I didn't really believe it would be possible to do that. But at the time, I knew how much energy it would take to, to create something like a warp drive, and I just decided that, uh, you know, it's just not really possible. We're kind of stuck here, and we have to do the, you know, the best we can with the, the world that we're in. Now, eventually, of course, uh, physics evolved over a period of, I don't know, 20 to 30 years, and in the mid-1990s, uh, as I was looking into some of these uh, anomalous metal phenomena, I uh, was introduced to Dr. Jack Sarfati, who uh, is a, uh, probably pretty well-known these days as a kind of a, a rogue physicist. He's, you know, off doing his own research into some pretty far-out ideas and uh, started to kind of follow along with what he was doing and what he had thought was possible and started to change my tune a little bit about what would be possible. And uh, and this is probably about the mid-1990s to the later part of 1990s. And that's when Joe Furman showed up, and uh, Jack started to work with him, I guess, at that point. And things kind of got a little bit quieter on the uh, Internet, at least. A lot of information and things that Jack was working on was, were kept basically in-house and wasn't being discussed a lot. And so I was getting more and more curious about what they were really up to, and so I started doing more and more research on my own. I started surveying the physics field, surveying the uh, physics archives to look at trends and new ideas. And, now, were you know, trained in the sciences to be able to do this? Well, I, I, I picked up a lot of it as when I was younger, and, and then over time I just kind of taught myself more and more as I went along. So I'm pretty much self-taught on the physics side of it, and I look at what I do more as a, as a uh, kind of a citizen, rogue journalist, having the freedom to do things that someone like... Uh, say Sharon Weinberger and Nick Cook being professionals in their fields in the defense uh, journalism field, that they're not comfortable handling certain subjects, and I have the freedom to really to dig into these subjects and take a little bit more of a risk with them. And that's basically what I've done. Okay, now and, the uh, suggestion here that Star Drive, that we can't travel between the stars, is that something you've modified? Why would you believe that? Why would I believe that it's now possible to travel between the stars? Probably because of discoveries about things like uh, negative energy and things like, uh, you probably have heard of zero-point energy. There For are, the people out there who are not science experts, how would you define zero-point energy? I mean, we hear this, of course, in science fiction all the time. They drop the phrases. What does it mean to you? Well, zero-point energy is essentially it's the energy that's in empty space. And uh, so to try to keep it as simple as possible, if you can imagine that when you take all the matter and ordinary energy out of space and you, you have what you, you assume is an empty space, but there's actually still energy trapped in there. It's like it's frozen into uh, the vacuum or the emptiness of space. And so it's kind of the 21st century 
version of the perpetual motion machine, the idea that somehow you could figure out a way to extract that energy out of empty space and put it to work. Okay, now, as a practical matter, wouldn't that mean it's possible to have some kind of star drive system using zero-point energy? Well, that's one, I suppose, one possibility. I think, um, you know, the idea that you could bend space and time, that you could create wormholes, um, these are all pretty big ideas, and there's a lot of theoretical research going on, you know, exploring these ideas just as kind of thought experiments. But there's really, I don't think, uh, anybody out there that's going to tell you that, hey, we, we know how to do this, we can really do it at this point in time. But of course, if you believe in the UFO right mystery that aliens are coming here from other planets, we'd have to assume, number one, they're way more advanced than we are in terms of knowing all about this technology. And of course, number two, that they harness this technology or something we haven't dreamed of way beyond zero point energy to get here. So isn't that an acceptable supposition? Yeah, I, yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think that the problem is we tend to look at um, aliens from our human perspective. And so we put ourselves, you know, we've grown up in uh, a world filled with science fiction movies and books and ideas, and we tend to project ourselves too much into what we think the aliens would be and make them like ourselves. And we give them um, basically... Uh, the same kind of, uh, you know, we, we assume they're going to be like us, they're going to have ambassadors, they're going to have politics, they're going to do things the way we do things, and that may not be the case. They may not care if it takes them 50,000 years to get to the Earth and that they can never return to their home world. They may come here using some other more conventional means. It may not necessarily require all of these fantastic exotic physics to do it. So we don't have they to do wait for trip. warp drive. They don't need warp drive. They want to come here, and the trip takes 50,000 years, so be it. They bring a city in space then, basically, where they have generation upon generation, assuming they don't live for 50,000 years, and maybe the generation that lands here or elsewhere is many, many, many centuries removed from the original travelers. And that's very possible. It could very well be that they aren't even biological entities. They could be machines. It could be computers. They're not going to send the real beings. They will send the robots, and they'll stay back there. There was an interesting science fiction concept of that, which I'll give you in a moment. We have Gary Beckham, and we're looking at star stream research, zero-point energy, and lots more. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. When it comes to running a successful business, there are many things you have to get right. But one thing is often overlooked, and that's protecting the data that powers your business. Computers, servers, external hard drives, and even tape backups are vulnerable to failure. In the U.S. alone, over 140,000 hard drives fail each and every week. According to one study, only 7% of companies that lose their data centers for 10 days or more survive beyond the year. So I want to tell you about our friends at Mosey. The 
most trusted name in online backup. Give our friends at Mosey a call. They've been doing this for a long time and run the most secure, most trusted online backup service. Right now, you could save 15% by using the promo code PODCAST15. That's PODCAST15. Call 877-669-9776. That's 877-669-9776. Or visit moseypro.com. That's M-O-Z-Y pro.com. Long Range Patrol Ration Entrees. If you know survival, you know LRPs are the undisputed king of military rations. Hands down the best for your bug out bag or survival pack. To go farther, faster, and carry more food, there's nothing better than a Brick Pack LRP cold weather ration entree. Nothing. Now, the Freeze Dry Guy is offering a limited time deal on thousands of fresh LRP entrees. We're talking a menu of tasty and nutritious beef stew, chicken and rice, chili mac with beef, spaghetti and meat sauce with 20 entrees per case. These fresh 2011 LRPs are U.S. government contract overruns, perfect for long term storage. But they're going fast at freezedryguy.com. Far superior to MREs, long range patrol entrees are about a third the weight of an MRE, with about a third more meat than the finest commercial freeze dried entrees. Ask about multi case discounts and free shipping when you call 866-404-3663 today. That's 866-404-3663 or freezedryguy.com. Your source for survival food in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. I designed our top-selling holster, the Super Tuck Deluxe, to solve the problems of being poked, pinched, and gouged while carrying concealed. The Super Tuck Deluxe is the most comfortable, most concealable holster on the market today. We offer a two-week free trial and a lifetime warranty. Visit us at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Don't forget, CrossbreedHolsters.com. In a coming-apart world, you need something to keep it tied together. That something is Atwood Rope, the highest quality rope made in the USA from exotic braids for military, rescue, arborists, shipyards, tow line, or boating. Quality rope at affordable prices you and your customers can depend on. Find a dealer or shop online at atwoodrope.net. Enter promo code RADIO to receive 100 feet of 550 paracord free with purchase. Atwood Rope, working to keep the world tied together. Ready to save while getting prepared? Then you're ready for the winter sale at 21stCenturyGoods.com. Take advantage of the incredible savings on all items at 21stCenturyGoods.com. Portable AM, FM, and shortwave radios from 1995. American Red Cross emergency radios and Cato radios from 2895. Solar lanterns from 2295. Solar flashlights, two for 1695. Hand crank LED hurricane lanterns and flashlights from 895. Be sure to check out the flexible solar panels to power your emergency and survival gear. Every order over $75 will receive a solar-powered flashlight absolutely free. So get prepared this winter by visiting 21stCenturyGoods.com. Spelled the number 2, the number 1, S-T, CenturyGoods.com, 21stCenturyGoods.com, or call 866-999-8422. That's 866-999-8422. 21stCenturyGoods.com. Power up your survival. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? We continue to explore the unknown in a different way with Gary Beckham. We were talking about what form E.T. might take and whether E.T. might indeed not be 
a living being in the sense that we understand living beings, but robots. And there were some science fiction stories I read, of course, where in order to travel to space, you would basically upload or download your consciousness to some kind of robotic creature. And that creature, of course, doesn't need to eat, doesn't have the frailties of the human, but has your intelligence, so it makes the trip. Is that what you're suggesting? Well, that, that's certainly another possibility. I mean, we're, we're obviously very far from anything like that at, at this point in time, but uh, you can't discount it. You, you can't uh, eliminate that possibility. I, I think that there's a lot of interest in um, the idea that there are aliens actually here, and you hear rumors, of course, and, and that was one of the things that, that led me into creating my starpod.org website was uh, there was a lot of public interest in those topics. And so I thought, well, I'd create a site that was more pop-oriented for, for people that were kind of curious about the rumors, the legends, the personalities. Um, it's kind of a gossip site, actually. But it, it covers a lot of different topics, especially because over the years uh, I've actually run into people who have worked for the government that have worked on projects uh, like anomalous mental phenomena, you know, the remote viewing, the psychic phenomena, things of that sort. And as a result, uh, I picked up a lot of interesting information, a lot of rumor, of course, and basically put it together onto the website. The question I would have here, Gary, is if you've met people who work for the government, maybe involved in these projects, wouldn't they be top secret? Why they tell you? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. Here's the here's the story. Basically, there are people who used to work in the government who believe that there is something going on. And they may not have any more solid evidence than their own belief and things that they've been told or heard from people that they respected from their superiors. And probably of all those people, the one name that you'll hear fairly often is a guy named Kit Green, who continues to consult for the government on, on topics you know, involving the brain and the mind and uh, threat potential, for example, from, you know, using the mind as a weapon. And he did work back in the 1970s for the CIA. And at that time, he was involved with the remote viewing research that was going on at Stanford Research Institute in California. Now, I think if you read, I think uh, Mark Pilkington uh, mentions it in Mirage Men. And yes, Mark was on our show just a few months ago. Yeah, and he probably mentions Kit. He's got a, a couple pages in there devoted to his meeting with Kit. But Kit was basically suggesting that he had heard stories from senior government people who had seen briefing documents. It's some kind of official documentation that there had been contact between the United States and some kind of an extraterrestrial astronaut. And the story that he passed down or the story that he had heard basically involved three contacts, 1947, sometime in the very early 1980s, 82 or 83, and then one more time, one more visitor in the mid-1990s. And so this kind of became this legendary story of the three extraterrestrial biological entities that had been personally involved with the U.S. government. Now, there wasn't really any other information how they got here or how we met them. There's lots of these tales of crashed uh, spaceships and things like that. That wasn't really part of this core story, as, as they called it. The core story just involved the idea that people in the government, senior people, had rumored that there was this contact with some kind of an alien race. And and that really was kind of the basis for an investigation done by a 
one of our associates from, from uh, England, um, Karin Anscombe, who came here in 2006 and started investigating uh, the UFO stories. And she um, she met up with a guy named Dan Smith. And I, I don't know if you're familiar with Dan Smith. He's becoming more well-known on the Internet. Well, why don't you yeah. tell us who he is? Well, but Dan, Dan is actually the son of a uh, former um, Eisenhower presidential advisor from Harvard. And uh, he's a rather eccentric guy, but he has a lot of interest in uh, phenomenology as it relates to end-of-the-world scenarios. And uh, he's also a friend. Over the years, he's, he uh, did a lot of inquiring with his government channels that he had available to him. And uh, eventually hitched up with a guy named Ron Pandolfi, who's also from the CIA, and he's a former colleague of Kip Green. And uh, over the years, uh, Ron Pandolfi has passed on bits of rumors to Dan, and then Dan gets all excited and gets on the Internet, and he'll blog it, you know, right on the Internet, wherever he hears from Ron. So uh, Dan is kind of an interesting resource that way. Uh, If if memory serves me correct, Gary, he's gotten himself in a little bit of hot water, too, with uh, some of his postings and... uh and verbiage uh, concerning his relationship with Pandolfi and others, uh, supposedly within the government. Well, well, the thing about Ron Pandolfi is he's the one character involved in all this where you can actually pull up government documents and, and verify that, you know, he's working out of the office of the director of national intelligence and working on measurement and signature intelligence and things like that. So, um, so you can kind of verify, you know, some of that information about Pandolfi. Now, he told Dan way back in the early 90s when he first met him that he was going to head out to Los Alamos and go meet with the aliens. So, you know, Ron has a sense of humor, and uh, and he'll come up with stories. So you can't take everything that Ron says at face value. But Well, that's that's a problem that Dan does do that. <laughs> he does take it at face value oftentimes. And uh, yeah. and I've, I've been, you know, privy to some of the banner over the years, and uh, he's he's gotten spanked a couple times. Yeah, there's been a there's been a lot of things that he probably has blogged with the, that some people would prefer he had never uh, put out there. But um, he's quite a character. He's an interesting guy, and I kind of ran across him from Jack Sarfati's list because uh, he was on there too. And uh, so there are a lot a lot of heavy duty discussions that were going on at the time about consciousness and future technologies and things of that sort. And and Dan has that particular end of the world spin that he adds to that. End of the world spin in what respect? Well, Dan seems to believe that all the phenomena that we're experiencing that people report as paranormal is really just kind of a uh, like a side effect of this approach to the end of the world. That we're, we're approaching a critical point in the history of the planet where uh, resources are going to be tapped to, to virtually nothing and the crisis is going to reach a, a boiling point. There's going to be a phase transition uh, what we think of as human beings, we think of it as the end of the world, but he sees it as a, just a transition into a, a different world, kind of a, with a sort of religious overtones, kind of a, the, the end of the world and the world reborn into a different different world in the future. Well, transformation into fifth density and the, uh, the, uh, the emergence of singularity and all that sort of thing, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I think, uh, you know, for Dan, Dan has a rather unique... Uh, view of himself in that context, and he, he kind of sees with his connections and, and and so forth that he occupies a special place uh, in this particular world. So uh, he pursues that constantly to try to promote his uh, what he calls the best possible world hypothesis. But uh, 
Uh, anyways, that's kind of the sideshow. He refers to his relationship with Ron Pandolfi as the Ron and Dan show, and there's there's some pretty humorous things that have happened over the years, as well as some of the more serious information. But uh, if you know how to filter through it, you can actually come up with some good stuff once in a while. Uh, Is this Dan stuff that up, you can actually believe, or just some people brainstorming and coming up with wacky ideas? No, no. Actually, the, um, I was able to take like things from Dan's blog, and uh, about a year before it was actually confirmed by uh, government documents, I I knew that Ron Pandolfi was working on uh, high high frequency gravity waves, and uh, he had a big interest in this uh, kind of an esoteric you know physics topic. But he was had an interest in this and the fact that American researchers were starting to collaborate with Chinese researchers in this particular field, which. Uh, again, uh, the skeptics would tell you there's absolutely nothing to it. It's just, you know, nonsense science. But um, based on things that Dan was blogging, I knew that Pandolfi was doing the research, and eventually the uh, Federation of American Scientists released uh, copies of some of the government documents re- related to this investigation. And I'm going to ask about started. those government documents in a moment with Gary Beckham, with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Are you ready to order the official Paracast t-shirt? You asked, we answered. We're now taking orders for the official Paracast t-shirt. It comes in white, 100% cotton. The front of it features the same logo that we have on our community forums. On the back it says, separating signal from noise. To order the official Paracast t-shirt, here's all you have to do. Visit our new online store at store.theparacast.com. One more time, that's store.theparacast.com. You can use a major credit card to place your order for the official Paracast t-shirt. Hey, neighbors, we have one more thing to talk about, and that's more merchandise at the official Paracast store. We have hats, we have jackets, we even have a flip video camcorder customized with the Paracast logo at the official Paracast store. It's all now available at the official Paracast store, store store.theparacast.com. As we age, we lose both strength and muscle mass. Undamaged whey protein from grass-fed cows is nature's most powerful food to gain back lost muscle. Virtually all whey protein powders or drinks have been damaged during processing or are high in sugar. This damaged whey causes a significant loss in the ability of the body to build new muscle proteins. The high sugar content will stop all the benefits of your growth hormone from causing muscle repair. By giving your body easily absorbed, undamaged whey free of added sugar, you may be able to gain back lost muscle and strength. One World Whey is truly undamaged whey protein powder free of added sugar. Both young and elderly are reporting increases in muscle strength and size without any additional exercise. Go to OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com to read or hear some impressive testimonies to this effect. Or call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Has the United States been discovered in the Bible? Where does Islam fit in Bible prophecy? Is the new world order world government? These and other crucial end-time questions are answered in the new DVD package, Understanding the End Time, from End Time Ministries. Jesus Christ said, I tell you these things before they come to pass. 
so that when they do come to pass, you might believe. After you watch this 14-lesson DVD series, Understanding the End Time, you'll know more about Bible prophecy than the average seminary graduate. This DVD package normally sells for $280, but now is only $199. Order Understanding the End Time DVD package at endtime.com today for only $199 or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, 1-800-363-8463, or endtime.com. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light Systems system today complete with two black berkey elements for only 231 dollars and the berkey guy will ship your order free of charge with the purchase of a berkey light the berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only 39.99 that's over 30 percent off the retail price call the berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653 that's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com that's goberkey.com today Hi, this is Ted Phillips listening to the Paracast, and it's as good as it gets, believe me. We're exploring the outer limits here, the outer limits of science and research and what we know and don't know with Gary Beckham. We are with Gene and Chris here in the Paracast. So, okay, you mentioned certain government documents that, I guess, supposedly validate this information you're presenting. Would you tell us more? Yeah, in fact, I think if you go to my website, you can probably uh, take a look at them. Um, on the top tab, there's a tab that says Secrets. And if you go down far enough, you'll probably see uh, the information there on, on a few of these things. But uh, I'll make sure I put that up before the before this is broadcast. But there there is a Ron Pandolfi page that I have now that has some documents that I've collected over the years, just basically highlighting his career, that he was at the CIA, that he worked with the National Intelligence Council, which is the part of the CIA and the uh, Director of National Intelligence, where they do the national intelligence estimates for the president. And uh, so he's got this established history. Um, he's been written about in the New York Times and the Washington Post, because he got into a little bit of a trouble with his agency back in the 90s uh, on another controversy. But, but essentially, the, I was able to take Dan's blogging and confirm it using official government documentation. And, and that's what I prefer to use. I prefer to look at real documents because there's plenty of bogus ones out there. And how do you tell the real ones from the bogus ones? Is there a magic bullet to tell one from the other? Yeah, you obtain them from the government. <laughs> that's, that's really how you, that's how you know. Um, the government released 90,000 pages of uh, documents from what they call the Stargate programs, which was the, the uh, psychic spy programs that we ran in this country for over 20 years. And uh, so those they have official markings. The CIA has official identification markings. Um, gradually now, over time, the CIA is beginning to release some things online where you can actually go to the CIA's website, go to their electronic reading room, and you can actually access at least the, uh, the headers and the uh, subject matter of some of these documents. 
Well, well Gary, this would be a perfect opportunity for the CIA to salt disinformation uh, that appears to be official through the release of documents. I mean, how, how do you actually know? I mean, we, you can't really know if this is real or if it's uh, some sort of disinformation, can you? No, that, well, that's, of course, the whole point of everything that, that I'm doing. It's, uh, the, the StarPod site is intended to be more of a popular site. So it's really a blend of uh, everything from parody to serious research to, you know, just gossip. And uh, so in, in a certain sense, I'm also creating a kind of a counter counterintelligence, you know, for the popular, uh, for popular entertainment purposes. But at the core, at the, the research at the core that I do, is is based upon as official of a document as we can obtain. Now you're probably right. You can't believe every document out there. It's very possible the government does create false documentation, or you know ha- they ha- obviously have a reason to create false documents to uh, to confuse the enemy. So unfortunately, it comes down to one basic question: Do we or can we trust our own government? And the answer is we don't. We don't believe. We don't trust our own government. We think our oh, own boy. government is consists of a bunch of idiots. Yeah, well, that was a rhetorical question, of course. Uh, of course we well, understand that. <laughs> well, another thing, uh, you know, I, I, we're talking about the core story, and, and I'm looking at Karen Anscombe's uh, trickster article, which uh, I like the term. Um, and, uh, you know, I see the names of, of uh, Bob Collins, Robert Collins, and uh, – and uh, Richard Doty and Bill Ryan and some interesting characters that uh, have been cropping up from time to time through the years uh, since I've been involved for about 20 years in this field. And where do you come down with people like Doty and Collins? Uh, Collins with this latest case of uh, that he's, he, he has some guy, I think, here in Arizona that, that had a samurai sword and slashed off, uh, you know, <laughs> Uh, some flesh from an alien that was sent to uh, W.C. Levengood to have analyzed. And, and, and of course, the, the now notorious Project Serpo story, which um, I do have uh, quite a bit of uh, difficulty swallowing. Uh, how do you reconcile these types of individuals swirling around people like Dan Smith and Pandolfi, who you, you, you can, you can kind of get a sense that these people are uh, – it's in some way, shape, or form providing some accurate information, and then it's it's packaged along with things like Serpo and uh, and and of course I don't have to remind our listeners Richard Doty's past with the Benowitz affair and Linda Howe and, and and other things that he's been involved with over the years. I mean, how do you reconcile where where does the mirror end and where does reality begin? Well, and that, that's part of the adventure, you know, that you get to, you know, go into this hall of mirrors, the smoke, you know, pouring through it. And, you know, ultimately you come to the conclusion that, you know, it's all in your mind. It's kind of a, a mirage or an illusion that, that is being played out in your mind. And at a certain point, you, reality may not be the ultimate goal. Reality may not, in fact, be the most important thing. What we call reality is kind of a consensus to agree on. You know, we all agree that go through the same door or, you know, that there's a tree sitting out here in my yard. But at a deeper level, reality is, is about how communication occurs within our minds, within our brains, um, how we, you know, we communicate with each other. And we make these agreements about what is real based on um, communications that are going on at levels below our conscious perception. And so that, that's a big part of, of this anomalous mental 
Okay, this is kind of a consensus reality where it's real because we all agree it's real? Well, no, I, what I'm, I guess what I want to say is that the, the reality that we agree is real is, is, the real, is re, a real reality. But there's also a reality to our perceptions, to the communications that go on in our minds, the communications that we have with each other over the Internet. All of this is real. It's just at a different level of reality, a different type of reality. It, it comes back to what, if you talk to physicists about information and communication systems, there's kind of this saying that uh, all information requires physical or material representation. So in other words, whatever the information is, it can be disinformation, it can be you know a true report, but whatever the information is, there's some physical reality behind it. There's something to it. And it's how that information is processed and handled that creates this reality that you know, we share with each other and becomes this consensus reality. Especially but sure, but into- let me ask you a question, Gary, just to interrupt you, which I'm very good at. Isn't some of this stuff just plain nonsense? Oh, oh sure it is. A- yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you, there's stories out there right now. The big one is what uh, President Obama was on Mars, you know, was this... Well, sure, but on the surface of that, we... <laughs> I love that one. That I, I, I can't believe that Weber took the ball and ran with that. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, I mean, there's... But, but then, see, I, I like to dig a little deeper behind these things because, okay, there there are people that are going to believe these stories, that, that are going to accept them, and then there's going to be some level of reality underneath them. And, and a lot of skeptics, what they will do is they will just discount the whole story and they won't look any further or any deeper into what's going on. So basically now, here, uh, let me ask you here, what kind of reality do we find? Okay, somebody says President Obama went to Mars and we can't say well, that he, was he off world? Or what are we looking for? What kind of truth is there? Well, okay, let, let, let me use, I'll, I'll tell you a little story here about, um, uh, if you're familiar with uh, Laura Eisenhower, um, she was uh, the president's great-granddaughter, uh, and uh, she basically uh, came out with a story about this Mars mission, and of course, immediately the uh, skeptics jumped in, and everybody said, this is just a bunch of, you know what? And I knew, though, from the, from the things she was saying, there were certain pieces of the story that they were telling that I knew had a factual basis. Because in my files here, I had about two, 300 pages worth of documentation I had collected back about uh, five, six years ago that confirmed some of the things she was saying. Now, let me ask you about the documentation before we ask what was confirmed. The possibilities, of course, always arise when you have documentation how accurate is it? Is this stuff that people give to you, stuff that you've accumulated? Do you do just Internet research? Right. Well, that's, that's a good question. Now, now, you have to remember that from, from my point of view, at, at this point, I wasn't – think of it, think of it if, you were like, if you were in the position where you were trying to vet counterintelligence that was coming in. You wouldn't want to just you know, put it into a true false pile. You would want to know – more about the nature of the counterintelligence, why it was designed the way it was designed, what was the intention behind it, what were the sources behind it. And so that's what I was looking at. I was looking at Laura's story, and I knew that she had named a person or said there was a, a gentleman that she identified as Agent X. And I immediately knew from the information they provided in the story who Agent X was. I knew what his agenda had been and the information he had provided to me the same time that Laura was involved with him. So I was able to take that information and basically confirm that there were certain parts of the story she was not making it up. This was information she was being fed, she was being given 
by other people. And the question would be, of course, the motive and why they were giving it to her. We have Gary Beckham, and you're listening to Gene and Chris because you're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you own an Apple iPhone and love to listen to your favorite programs on GCN, I've got good news for you. I'm proud to announce that GCN has a brand new iPhone app available for our dedicated listeners at GCNlive.com. Listen to your favorite hard-hitting GCN programs live or on demand right on your iPhone. And the best part? The GCN iPhone app can be yours absolutely free. Download the iPhone app today by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, a wild and woolly episode of the Paracast as we explore government information, disinformation, and whatnot with Gary Beckham, with Gene and Chris here in the Paracast. So we're talking about Laura Eisenhower, who's a granddaughter... A great-granddaughter. Great-granddaughter of Dwight Eisenhower. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. And what does she do? What's her field of expertise? Well, Laura is primarily a mystic. Uh, you know, I, I would categorize her interests as being in the New Age. You know, the uh, spiritual, mental, you know, phenomena is is the. There's people who believe that the mind is the core aspect of reality, and and tend to pursue more of these New Age ideas because that they, as I'm sure you know from from your paranormal research, that that's a big part of the paranormal is the is the mental phenomena. Okay, and a fast devil's advocate approach here. Because her great-grandfather was a famous military figure and the president of the United States, that doesn't make her an expert in anything. Right. But what she was doing was they were passing, and basically Laura and she had a friend who basically posted some of this information online. And I was able to look at the information, and I was able to use the information they posted to go back to the original source who I knew was actually working uh, towards doing research with nuclear rockets and had mentioned you know, Mars as being one of the destination points that they wanted to go to. So there was this connection with her friend, uh, Agent X, and Mars research, and some of that research was being conducted uh, by a scientist who was affiliated with the U.S. Air Force. Had, had done papers and uh, you know, attended conferences and so forth associated with the Air Force Research Laboratory. So there was, there was in the background of all of this, there was maybe a certain amount of serious you know, research going on. And, of course, the question in my mind is, how did that become the story of bases on Mars and 
which then, of course, blossomed into the teleporter that takes you to Mars, and eventually you get to the president being on Mars. So you know, you well, and then you have the whole Bassagio time travel thing too, which she's kind of attached herself to. Yes, and, and so you you know, so you've got these characters, and and it's like you mentioned before, you get these characters that attach themselves to these stories, and then they just push the stories out farther and farther. But somewhere down in the core, there's usually there's some connection there that I that's where I what I'm interested in is in the core here. Successful disinformation. Successful disinformation is the truth surrounded by, by, you know, programmed lies. Exactly. And and the other thing that that I'm really interested in, you know, you mentioned politics earlier on. I'm interested in what are the legal aspects involved in uh, U.S. intelligence agencies using disinformation when that disinformation influences or affects U.S. citizens. I think that's really the core, my core political issue is if, if these people really are doing anything on an official basis at any level and it's involving citizens and it's affecting the belief values of people throughout the country, then what is the legal basis for that? Kind of a moot point now that they've passed this new uh, defense authorization bill that has these uh, these kind of hidden little gems in there that now have designated the entire country as a battleground and pretty much the government has carte blanche to do whatever they want to U.S. citizens. Suspend habeas corpus, in, indefinite detention. If you're declared a, 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 a domestic terrorist, then you're the same as somebody uh, you know trying to blow up Marines over in, in, in the Middle East. Uh, and it also follows there that you can declare your political opponent a domestic terrorist. You know, you'd be just like that guy who just died in Korea. Well, the entire um, intelligence community was restructured after 9-11, and, and over time, some of the programs have come out. You know, we, we, you've heard about the you know, NSA and the wiretaps and things like that. There's other things that, and again, I'm, I get, I'm more interested in what's in the shadows, what might be in that shadow or what's kind of lurking behind the scenes. Another interesting connection I discovered was that after 9-11, there was a lot of interest in remote viewing and this psychic perception that seemed to be connected to people who were either working in the government or who had worked in the government in the past. And one of the most interesting connections that I came across was um, there's a psychic named Chris Robinson from uh, England, and he had been trying to warn the U.S. about planes hitting skyscrapers in New York City right before 9-11. And later on, I learned that uh, Chris had actually been come over here and had been working with, or at least had been meeting with people uh, from some of the American intelligence community, and it conducted various tests and experiments uh, for some of these people to try to perceive, like, the location of Saddam Hussein, uh, location of uh, nuclear, hidden nuclear sites in, uh, in Iran, things of that sort. Uh, and then ultimately what happened was, uh, a few years ago, uh, there's a gentleman who was a senior NSA official named Tom Drake, who was indicted uh, under the Espionage Act because of the whistleblowing that he had done on some of these uh, programs that involved, uh, uh, you know, wiretapping, basically, you know, listening in an American uh, communications. And uh, it turned out that when he came out, well, well, when they indicted him, uh, in the indictment they identified him, they identified the NSA, they identified that he'd worked in signals intelligence, his career path, and it turned out this was one of the gentlemen that Chris Robinson had worked with which I find very interesting, <laughs> especially because Chris, Chris basically, as soon as this uh, happened, where he was, uh, Tom Drake was forced out of the NSA because of all of these accusations that were coming up against him, 
Uh, that was about the same time period where Chris and Tom stopped working together. You know, one of the things I always wonder when we talk about supposed whistleblowers is if they're blowing the whistle, what is to stop the government from coming by and say, wait a minute, we're not going to tolerate this, shut up? Well, they, that's basically what happened. When, when Tom Drake uh, came forward, uh, well, basically, he didn't just come forward. He, he did this behind the scenes using encrypted email with a uh, reporter from the Baltimore Sun. And uh, the FBI came in, they raided his home, they took all of his computers and all of his personal items from his home. I don't think they had returned them yet, actually. Uh, but there were other people at the NSA that uh, were peripherally involved, and they had the same thing happen to them, you know, held up, held at gunpoint while their homes were raided uh, by the FBI. And there were senior people in, in the Obama administration who pursued this, uh, you know, against him pretty vigorously, but the government really didn't have a strong case for espionage. And ultimately, just a day before, I think it was one day before they were going to go to uh, to trial on this, the government dropped all 10 espionage charges and reduced it to a mist. So they had done all this for, for several years. They, they basically made his life total misery for several years, knowing that they really didn't have a case against him, but they, they brought these charges against him because it basically ruined his life. It ruined his career. It ruined his uh, retirement. And, uh, and he was eventually forced to go to work for uh, an Apple computer store. In Washington. Well, there's nothing wrong with the Apple computer store, but you have to wonder, too, when you take overt action against somebody, Ouch. aren't you also drawing attention to what they were saying? Well, wait a minute. This guy's saying thus and so, and now the government is after him? Wait a minute. Well, here's the thing. There was nothing that he revealed that was classified. So so all this, the action they took, and, and they charged him under the Espionage Act, but, but he had actually never released any classified information. If there was classified information that was involved, the government didn't want that to become public, and that was one of the reasons why they dropped the case and made a misdemeanor. Oh, interesting. And so he, he was tied in with, with Robinson then, uh, is what well, you've determined. Well, yeah, well, we, what I've determined is, um, and I went to another source who uh, at the time was working with the Washington Post and, and asked him to do the same kind of, you know, just background, uh, you know, on Drake just to see if this, if this relationship actually really existed, you know, and uh, and we basically were able to confirm that Robinson wasn't making this up, that he had, he had known Drake, and that at some point in time, apparently they had worked on some of these, you know, paranormal problems. Now, the other side of the story that was interesting was a few years before this happened, uh, another researcher named Gus Russo, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Gus, but he does a lot of, uh, he writes a lot of books about JFK, the assassination plot, and uh, mobsters and things of that sort. Uh, and he was doing a story for Dan Smith. Dan had actually hired him to do a story about Pandolfi and these guys from the intelligence community that were getting involved on the Internet, you know, on the UFO subject. And uh, in, during this research, he went to one of his sources who was an NSA source. And I'll tell and you what, we'll have to learn about the NSA source in a moment with Gary Beckham. You're listening to Gene and Chris because you're in the Paracast. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. 
And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Fate Magazine provides true reports of the strange and unknown. Keep up with the latest on angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, life after death, and much, much more. To receive your free issue of Fate Magazine, call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at www.fatemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. When making important financial decisions, you should always know the facts. That's why Midas Resources is willing to pay you to read the facts. Midas Resources, a team of hand-picked financial specialists with decades of financial experience who are ready to provide you with state-of-the-art up-to-date financial services. Midas Resources offers a host of services and stands behind their products. In fact, if you call and order their free Midas report, Midas Resources will pay you. This detailed report will provide you with financial history on the safest and most profitable areas to invest in. If you read the report, Midas Resources will send you a free Walking Liberty Silver Half Dollar. So what are you waiting for? Get the facts and call Midas Resources toll-free at 888-292-2709. That's 888-292-2709. And remember, if you read the Midas report, you'll receive a free Walking Liberty Silver Half Dollar. The perfect water for drinking, bathing, and cleaning right at your fingertips? Yes, you can now have the most powerful water ionizer on the market for less than half the price of competitors. The Genesis Platinum Water Ionizer from Gibson'sHealth.com creates the perfect drinking water of 9.5 pH, automatically cleans every time you use it, and even tells you when to change filters. Other 7-plate water ionizers are priced at two or even $3,000, but the Genesis Platinum is only $16.95. Get yours today at Gibson'sHealth.com. Under Nutritionals, be sure to click on Essential Oils for Aromatic Liquids Extracted from a Broad Range of Flowers, Stems, Seeds, and Bark. And to really balance your body, click on Go Green, the most complete green drink available, necessary for survival. All this and more are found at Gibson'sHealth.com. Call 800-388-6844. That's 800-388-6844. Or Gibson'sHealth.com. Healthful living since 1974. That's what it sounds like when a burglar kicks in the door of a dark house that looks like no one is home. Don't let your home be the next target. Make it look like someone is home watching television with fake TV. Fake TV is a small electronic device that makes the same light as a real television. So from outside, it looks like someone is home watching TV. Fake TV plugs in just like a lamp on a timer, but is far more convincing to burglars. Fake TV deters burglars, costs far less than an alarm, and is highly recommended by numerous police departments. Use it anytime you're away from home. To order your fake TV for only $34.95, go to faketv.com or call 1-877-5-FAKE-TV. Each additional fake TV is only $29.95, so get one for you and one for a loved one for safety, security, and peace of mind for both of you. Call 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. FakeTV.com, the burglar deterrent. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. 
when Chris gets that voice, and this is a different voice than we normally get from Chris, you know that we're getting into some really dark and dirty stuff. In our previous segment, Gary, you started talking about NSA person? Yeah, um, so, okay. so was, uh, Gus Russo was, was the, uh, the investigative journalist. Okay, so Gus yeah, Russo yeah. is the investigative journalist who Gary Beckham is involved in contacting this NSA person? Yeah, he had a he had a source that he used, you know, because he does a lot of research in a lot of different areas and topics, and he had a source with, I guess, a good NSA connection, and we'll just leave it at that. And uh, this source told him, this is back about uh, 2007, this source told him that the NSA had actually taken over the paranormal psychic research program after the CIA killed it back in the 1990s, and so that they were still doing ongoing paranormal research. And of course, if you know, you know, wow, that's news. Nice. You know, yeah, that's interesting. You know, but at the time, that this is coming from a single source. We don't, we don't know. A single source in in traditional journalism, a single source is not good enough to run a story. You need at least two sources, hopefully, you know, that are reasonably credible. So we, we asked Gus, we said, well, is this guy that you're, you're dealing with, is your source, would you consider him credible? And he basically said, yeah, 100%. So we kind of ran the story that there was this rumor that there was a you know, paranormal program at NSA, and I kind of left it at that back, you know, this is again back five years ago or so. And then uh, it turned out again, after, the, after all these years went by, that I started uh, communicating with Chris Robinson. I'd heard the story that he'd gone to the CIA about 9-11, Dan Smith had talked about how Ron Pandolfi seemed to know about 9-11 before it, was, before it actually took place. Okay, now we're going to stop right there, because now you have been certainly exciting my curiosity through this entire episode. But now, okay, knew about 9-11 before it took place from well, whom? Well, Gene, I think Robinson, correct me if I'm wrong, Gary, but Robinson contacted the U.S. government, you know, being, he's English. Uh, okay, so this know. is basically the warnings Possibly part of the warnings that the government well, how long, how long before Gary? Life? If I remember correctly, it was in '99. I think didn't wasn't it '99 that he contacted the the U.S. government? Yeah, he he claims that he um, I don't know if he contacted the U.S. government. What what happened was he had a an intelligence contact that he worked with, uh, I think from MI5 in the in the UK. And he now just to verify the, here, MI5 is the internal security agency in the UK, and MI6 is the James Bond agency. That's right. Yep, that, they're two different agencies. And so his contact would have been MI5 because you know usually he's dealing with uh, terrorist incidents within the within the country, you know, within England. So so he he started telling them about these dreams that you know these hijackers are going to hijack airplanes, they're going to crash them into buildings. That was kind of the initial thing. He didn't have a location or anything, just, you know, dream images of these airplanes crashing and hitting buildings. And over time, you know, they started to get clearer and he started to sense where it was taking place. It was going to be New York City. And uh, he basically was not satisfied with the response he was getting from his contacts in the UK. So he arranged to come to the United States to work with a researcher named Gary Schwartz, a professor at the University of Arizona. And they did kind of a 10-day, uh, sort of an informal psychic uh, task that they did, you know, with Chris dreaming ahead of time where they were going to go and then randomly selecting a location and going to it. During that period of time when he was, was here, which was August of 2001, he still had these dreams and they were getting more vivid and, and he felt that it was New York City that was going to be attacked. So by the time he got back to uh, London, he was really getting concerned at this point. So. He contacted the U.S. Embassy, apparently, uh, with the, wherever the CIA liaison is in, in the U.S. Embassy in London. 
And this is, I don't know, maybe a day before the 9-11 attack. So it was right before the event took place. And what Robinson told me then is after the World Trade Center was hit, after the two planes hit the, the Trade Center towers, he received a call from an American colonel who was in the air at the time regarding his warning. So what I, what I believe happened, and I can't confirm this, but what I think happened is he passed the information to the embassy in London. Gary Schwartz may have had some intelligence contacts uh, as well, and uh, maybe some of that information got through channels just kind of sitting in the inbox somewhere where nobody was really paying attention to it. Is that the problem, though, with 9-11, that we had these warnings ahead of time, but for whatever reason, they didn't connect the dots, or do you think it may have been deliberate not to connect the dots? That's, of course, the big overarching conspiracy. Well, and and again, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, so I, I would say that, you know, based on everything I see, it's more to do with incompetence and possibly with, you know, maybe even certain amount of cover-up of, of that incompetence after the fact. You don't want to say you didn't uh, know what you were doing, so you say, well, we couldn't possibly have known. How could this have happened? And, and that's exactly what happened. Um, you know, after after the events, I think uh, uh, Condi Rice came out, and she said, you know, we could never have imagined that they would hijack passenger planes and fly them into, you know, buildings. But actually, if you go back to the record, and this is the public record, who knows what's in the classified record, but in the public record um, at the National Intelligence Council, which is where Ron Pandolfi was, you know, affili- he was affiliated with the National Intelligence Council back at that time. Uh, and that's where they write the estimate, the intelligence estimates for the president. Um, at that time, about 1999, they were actually talking about the threat of Al-Qaeda hijacking airplanes and flying them into buildings. And at the same time, Richard Clark, who was the White House counterterrorism czar, uh, Richard Clark was also running kind of a desktop simulation of what would we do, how would we respond if a plane was hijacked and it's going to fly into the U.S. Capitol building. So all of these things, were they were actually talking about these things. They were actually looking at these things at that time. There were war game simulations going on on 9-11 that featured that type of activity. Well, what's interesting to me, and I think you know, you've, got to, you've got to ask yourself, why weren't they prepared to launch planes, you know, fully armed planes, get up in the air, you know, to protect Washington. Um, they, they, you know, looked at these scenarios, they discussed them. And actually what's really interesting to me is if you go way back to 1983, when uh, this was back in the era of the men who stare at goats, and Army Intelligence sent a bunch of their um, intelligence officers to the Monroe Institute to train them how to become psychic spies. And while they were there, a group of them had a similar vision of a terror attack using an airplane against the Capitol building. And they described it as being, uh, in, and I don't know if they, actually I shouldn't say they described it, the intelligence officer that wrote the report, which is in the Stargate files, uh, basically interpreted, I think it was four different intelligence officers with four different similar visions, basically interpreted that it would involve like a Learjet packed with explosives and flown deliberately by a pilot into the Capitol building. And they said that they thought this man would be maybe from the Middle East and would have a name that would sound something like Jerry or, uh, you know, Geraldo or something with that kind of a sound. And it turned out that on 9-11, it was uh, Gerard was the 9-11 pilot Flight uh, 93, who was attempting to hit either the Capitol or the White House with the plane. So 
So there's some interesting coincidences there. But um, the important point is the fact that they were looking at these scenarios and that they had considered the possibility of airplanes being used as weapons of mass destruction. But on the day of 9-11, apparently they didn't even have uh, weapons armed on the planes that were used to protect Washington. I'll tell you what, we have more of this going on with Gary Beckham, with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack, Attack. of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, Attack. of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. What happened, man? You used to be energetic, happy, and wow, did the ladies love you. Now, you fall asleep on the couch, irritable, and out of shape. Don't be that guy. Call now for a risk-free trial of Ageless Male, a natural supplement shown to raise testosterone by 50% and maintain healthy, normal levels. No injections, no appointments. With healthy testosterone levels, you can feel that energy again, that great outlook again, and yes, even a healthy sex drive. Right now, you can try Ageless Male risk-free. There's nothing to lose, guys. If you're a man who's noticed changes in your body, your mood, your sex life, call now for a risk-free trial of Ageless Male. Be the guy you used to be. Just call 1-888-246-0623. Don't wait another day. Just call 1-888-246-0623. Again, 1-888-246-0623. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. I designed our top-selling holster, the Super Tuck Deluxe, to solve the problems of being poked, pinched, and gouged while carrying concealed. The Super Tuck Deluxe is the most comfortable, most concealable holster on the market today. We offer a two-week free trial and a lifetime warranty. Visit us at crossbreedholsters.com. Don't forget, crossbreedholsters.com. In a coming-apart world, you need something to keep it tied together. That something is Atwood Rope, the highest quality rope made in the USA from exotic braids for military, rescue, arborists, shipyards, tow line, or boating. Quality rope at affordable prices you and your customers can depend on. Find a dealer or shop online at atwoodrope.net. Enter promo code RADIO to receive 100 feet of 550 paracord free with purchase. Atwood Rope, working to keep the world tied together. Folks, have you lost your power and wanted to simply flip a switch to get the lights back on? If so, this is going to be the most important message you'll ever hear. Because there's never been a better time to get ready for the winter power outages ahead. Here's why. 
solar power generators are now available from our friends at Solutions from Science, one of our oldest sponsors. Their emergency backup systems provide life-saving electrical power when you need it most. Unlike gas generators, a solar generator runs quietly, emits no fumes, and produces electricity from the sun. It's like having an electric power plant running quietly in your own home. Whether it's ice storms, brownouts, or blackouts, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. When the power goes out this winter, you'll be ready with a solar power generator from Solutions from Science. Go to MySolarBackup.com for more information. That's MySolarBackup.com or call 877-327-0365. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And if you'd like to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from theparacast.com. That's theparacast.com. Or check us out at iTunes. With Gene and Chris, we're talking to Gary Beckham. And we're looking at information that maybe you haven't heard about. And it's a question whether you want to take it seriously or not. But now we're looking at the prelude to 9-11, how the dots weren't connected. Now, one conspiracy theory has it, Gary, that we let 9-11 happen because it allowed us to do other things such as attack Iraq. That's one theory. Well, and, and I think that's a theory. You know, you have to look at the facts. And, and there is a website called Secrecy Kills where Richard Clark, uh, the, and he was the White House counterterrorism czar at the time of 9-11, he has his own personal conspiracy theory, and, and he talks about it. I find his, his is probably the most interesting of the theories I've heard. Apparently, the CIA had been tracking al-Qaeda members who came into the United States about a year or two before, I think it was early in 2000, so it was before you know, 9-11, about a year and a half before 9-11. And apparently, they didn't inform any of the other agencies. They didn't discuss this with the FBI. They, they didn't brief Richard Clark on it at the White House, even though they sat, on these, sat in on these meetings you know, with the White House discussing all of these issues. So Clark says in his mind he's trying to he's trying to understand why that information was withheld. Why wasn't it told to me? His theory is basically that the CIA was trying to turn these Al Qaeda terrorists into double agents, and they didn't want the FBI to get involved. They didn't want to get any interference from uh, any other agencies here in the United States. But isn't it also a conventional wisdom that some of these Al Qaeda operatives felt that we had betrayed them, and therefore they came back to attack us? Well, again, I, you know, I, I don't try to deal too much with conspiracy theories. I don't delve that deep into them. I think, for me, the, the point is just trying to understand from the point of view of the intelligence community the job that they do. Why would they not have briefed the White House? And who would have given that, you know, that order? And Clark's theory is basically it would have to come from the director of the CIA. And so, uh, you know, basically he just assumes that the CIA was involved in some kind of an operation and they wanted to keep it in-house and that it was basically then covered up. It was th- this entire thing was not really discussed in the 9-11 report. So Clark, that's Clark's personal conspiracy theory. It's probably the only conspiracy theory that I'll entertain at this point in time without more information. But I did go to Dan and asked him to contact Ron Pandolfi because Pandolfi was also 
allegedly, according to his story, he was at CIA headquarters during the 9-11 attacks. And uh, Pandolfi would also have been, you know, associated with certainly the CIA director and, and other people there. He was at the National Intelligence Council. And he seemed to, the answer that came back was kind of curious to me. He seemed to think that it really was not unusual that they hadn't told anybody or briefed anybody at the FBI that they really wouldn't. The answer was basically that the reason the CIA didn't tell anybody was because they didn't think anybody else would have any interest in it, which I find <laughs> to be a non-answer. So in any case, obviously, any of these guys that really work in the government, they have security clearances and they simply can't talk about this kind of stuff unless they're told to. Yeah, for, you know, again, counterintelligence purposes or some other reason. Let's go back from 9-11 back into our crazy quilt paranormal universe. And, of course, we mentioned before some of the crazy disinformation that's come out there about UFOs like Project Serpo that we had an exchange program with aliens. I mean, we had a couple of the Serpo people on the show. Not We had Bob Collins on briefly, not Rick Doty, but some other people talking about Serpo as if it was something genuine. But the, I guess the other question to ask here is, does any of this stuff that's going on with the government and disinformation relate to UFOs in a factual fashion? Well, you know, the only thing I can think of, I think this is sort of the conclusion other people have reached, is that if this disinformation, say, uh, is actually sanctioned by someone in the government, then it's part of a cover-up possibly to just protect uh, ongoing research projects or, you know, new kinds of aircraft, or possibly... If you want to believe Kid Green and what he has heard, possibly there's been contact with some kind of an extraterrestrial astronaut. Now, let's just, for the sake of argument, let's just say that that really took place. That's a big argument to accept. Pardon me? It's a big argument to accept, but let's go with it. Okay. Well, yeah, let's just, for the sake of the argument, we'll accept the fact that the government had some kind of contact with an extraterrestrial astronaut of some sort. So the idea is that it was heavily compartmented into the military-industrial complex and that the intelligence community itself was isolated from the information. And that basically led up to uh, back in the 1980s where apparently uh, Kit Green and Ron Pandolfi confronted a couple of gentlemen from the Air Force, uh, a couple of colonels, Colonel uh, Barry Hennessy and uh, one other gentleman, the name escapes me at the moment, but uh, apparently they... They were uh, confronted over this whole topic of, of Rick Doty and, and his, the veracity of Rick Doty and what happened to him in his career in the Air Force and basically a, a lie detector, polygraph tape that had been taken of Rick Doty, uh, where the Air Force was claiming he was lying. And uh, Kit Green, who had, had worked with uh, polygraph for the CIA, looked at it and said, well, there's no indication that he lied on this polygraph. So there was a, a dispute over whether or not Doty was making stories up. Now, that wasn't directly related to the UFO topic. I think it had more to do with his career as an intelligence officer, in, I believe, in Germany. So, But there was some heated discussion, apparently, uh, over this whole thing. And depending on who you ask, could get two different stories about this. Well, let me ask you what your opinion is, Rick Doty. We've mentioned him on this show a couple of times. He said, I'll come on, and of course, he chickens out in the last minute. And this is well, an intelligence it's, it's, operative. Is this just some kind of goofball who imagines himself to have greater authority in the military and the government than he really did? Well, I, I think, you know, if you look at the, um, we have to look back again and where you examine the motives and intentions. And, and back around, I think, September in 2006, Ron Pandolfi actually started investigating Rick Doty, or at least he claimed he did. And on a personal level, 
Uh, the claims or the rumors were that there was a little more than that. There was an official, supposedly a official involvement by the FBI. But the whole story was, uh, from Pandolfi's point of view, the way he expressed it, and he's the one who released these emails. So everything is originating from Pandolfi, but it's emails between uh, Kit Green and Ron Pandolfi and, and Rick Doty. And in this email exchange, it, the focus is not on the UFO topic, but using the UFO topic as a cover story to conduct espionage for a foreign government. And and basically, there's some interesting details in there that I'm, I'm still kind of, I don't feel like that I have the, uh, the right to, to release all that information, but there is there's some discussion of, of Rick Doty's career in Germany. There's some discussion of events that took place there. There's some discussion of the Serpo story and uh, Kit Green being contacted by someone who from the Air Force who uh, allegedly said that there was some truth behind the Serpo story. And all right, all right. Truth behind the Serpo story. What kind of truth do we find behind that thing? Because that thing strikes me as just being as wacky as all get out, as they say. Well, the, the story, if you, if you watch, uh, I think it was the 1977 movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind, that's where you'll see the Serpo story. The, uh, the okay, so basically at the end of the film, the- Richard Dreyfuss and these people go onto the spaceship and they're going to go to wherever E.T. lives, and they're engaged in some kind of exchange program. Do I assume then that E.T. leaves a few of their own kind here in exchange? Well, that that was part of this rumor. Now, when we, when we talk about this contact with um, aliens, or, or even, I, would, I don't even want to use the word aliens. Let's just say some otherworldly intelligence. Let's make it a little more ambiguous, because it could refer to... Uh, disembodied spirits of... Uh, of well, yeah, now we're referring to one assumption, which is riding another assumption, disembodied spirits, how so? Well, what, I, what I'm saying is I, the story, of what they call the core story, was one that, that Kit Green came up with, uh, I believe, with uh, uh, Jacques Vallée and, and Hal Putoff. And they, they were, you know, Jacques Vallée, how so? Well, apparently they were sitting in a, in a Denny's restaurant back in the uh, mid-1980s and looking at all the information, and apparently, uh, I think it was Lawrence Livermore Laboratory that had provided some new information, but not non-specified. I don't know what it I'll was. I'll tell you what, we got to specify this. we got to specify this. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. 
Big Berkey water filters are in high demand. Storable foods are also in high demand. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has always kept our focus on the Berkey water filter products. But increasingly, our customers have been asking for storable foods. After months of research, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com now offers great-tasting, long-lasting, storable foods. These ready-to-eat meals are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches. All you do is just add water. And because they're sealed so well, they come with a 25-year shelf life. Combine our Berkey water filters, which are powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water with our storable foods, and you have a winning combination. Remember, we offer free shipping on every order over $50, and GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY today. If you constantly feel run down and tired, your pH level might be low and your body could be full of toxins. If what you drink is not at a pH level of 8 or higher, you are inviting bacteria and acid to thrive in your body. But there is something you can do. Simply add 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops to your water to help your body rid itself of acidic waste, increase oxygen, and raise your pH balance to optimum levels. AlkaVision Plasma pH drops combine a unique formula of the most alkaline minerals in the world. Alkalizing the water you drink, ridding your body of acidic waste and toxins, and helping you regain energy and vibrant health. And studies show viruses, bacteria, and toxins cannot survive in an alkaline, high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. If you owe the IRS money you can't pay, then listen carefully because you already know that the problem won't go away by itself. You can get help today from the leading tax expert in the country, Dan Pilla. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. The IRS isn't going to just forget about you. Right now, the IRS is hiring thousands of tax collectors to go after delinquent accounts just like yours. That's why you need to take action today and I can help. I take a simple but proven approach to solving your tax debt problem. First, I stabilize collections so you don't have to worry about wage and bank levies. Next, I build a detailed plan to get your debt reduced to the fullest extent possible, sometimes even eliminated. Finally, I work with you every step of the way to get your problem solved once and for all. So call now for a free consultation. Call 1-800-346-6829. Dan Pilla will solve your tax problem guaranteed. He's helped thousands of people and he can help you too. Call us today at 800-346-6829. That's 800-34-NO-TAX. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Our guest is Gary Beckham, and we're exploring now something which leaves me skeptical as all get out, as I said before, with regard to whether... This Project Serpo, the Alien Exchange Program, had any reality. We went into Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which, of course, is just a movie. Or was it just a movie? Were they suggesting things that were really going on? Gary? Well, the, the story, the original core story, because it comes in so many different versions now as it's mutated on, online, uh, but the original core story was apparently that there was some kind of phenomena that it took place under laboratory conditions and that based on this information that they received from the uh, 
security director at, at Lawrence Livermore. They created this idea that there was this ongoing contact or some kind of contact with an otherworld intelligence, some, something alien, not specified, but some kind of alien intelligence. That's the original core story, the way it was explained to us, was that there was this story, and then there were the rumors, the other rumors they heard, which was the three contacts, which were the 47, uh, 82, I think, or 83, and then sometime in the 1990s. Nothing very specific was really involved in that version of the core story. But then there's the Air Force core story, which is the one that Collins promotes and Rick Doty has been supporting, uh, which is this idea that the Air Force has been involved, uh, directly involved, working with some kind of extraterrestrial entities, since at least since the 1980s. Now, what I thought was interesting was uh, way back when I was a young man, I, I met a guy who had just gotten out of the Air Force, and we were out having a few beers and we weren't talking about aliens or anything. And all of a sudden, he got very serious and he said, i got to tell you something. There's some really weird things going on in the Air Force. And I kind of looked at him like, okay, where's this going? <laughs> you know? and, and he said, you know what? It's, it's about the UFOs. It's about the aliens. And the Air Force is involved with these aliens. And I thought, well, this is a pretty strange story. You know, I, I didn't really take it very seriously. Uh, but I kind of kept it in the back of my mind. And, and this was actually before the stories that came out from Bob Collins, I don't think, was even looking into this stuff at the time. So we're talking very early 1980s. Yeah, but why do we take people like Bob Collins and Rick Doty who come out with this stuff, and Collins had a book out on these subjects? Is he real? Is he the real deal, or has he been a goofball all along, just kind of playing around with us? Well, I think the thing about Bob Collins' book, from, from reading it, it's good entertainment. There's a lot of big speculation in it. Um, there's certainly a lot of big personalities in there. Some of them are known to be intelligence people, and Kit Green, again, is probably the uh, better-known one just because he's worked on Stargate projects and had a fairly senior position at the CIA uh, at one time and, and still consults to the uh, to the DIA and, and other agencies. Yeah, but you see, if the CIA is involved in reality, why do they let this stuff come out? I mean, let me ask you a question. You've got a lot of information here that you're publishing on your site and you're delivering on radio shows, stuff that may relate to top-secret interactions involving ET visitations, UFOs, remote viewing, even 9-11 or any of these other incidents or tragedies. Has anyone come to you and said, Gary, shut up? <laughs> well, Ron Pandolfi did. Originally, well... Uh... <laughs> A couple of times, Ron actually requested, uh, he wanted us to remove certain pieces of information from stories right before we would publish them. Um, and and generally, it related to what he was doing, you know, officially at the time, you know, his, the location he was working from, things like that. Um, now, if, you know, if you, read, if you read Pandolfi's version of things, just from the emails and things that we've received from him, he looks at this primarily as a game, a kind of an intelligence game. Sometimes provides information on people that are involved in things that would actually be of interest to the government, uh, like those researchers working with Chinese counterparts um, on that high-frequency gravity wave uh, research. So, uh, so there's a sort of somewhat serious side to this that you know involves uh, topics you know that, that might be of interest. Just, just if you read enough intelligence. Reports, you know, and I've got with these ninety thousand pages of Stargate. I've got all the stuff that was being discussed back, you know, twenty, thirty years ago. Uh, every weird topic you can imagine that appeared in a Soviet 
you know, magazine somewhere. It was clipped, analyzed, notated. The Air Force's Foreign Technology Division had their own magazine where they would report on these things. The question about the Soviets, was it just Cold War paranoia that any wacky thing they were doing, we had to figure it out because maybe they had a handle on something real? Well, to a certain extent, yeah. They, they, I mean, even after Stargate was ended by the CIA, if you, if you go back and actually read through some of the documentation, the letters that were being exchanged, uh, it's pretty clear that they were discontinuing operational remote viewing, which was where they would train intelligence officers to sit down and, and record their thoughts and, and make it all classified and, and issue reports. That part of the program went away. But that didn't end the monitoring of, of foreign scientists. It didn't end the monitoring of paranormal topics. That was ongoing. So they've always been looking at this. They've always been looking at what the Chinese are doing, what the Russians are doing, the Brazilians, the Mexicans. I mean, every, if, you, if you go into the physics archives, which is what we did earlier, way back when, and you look at all of the uh, research, um, at the, you know, you, you'll find that there are papers here on all kinds of far-out ideas in physics from all over the world, and they are definitely monitoring that kind of uh, research. I've even found personal letters that were addressed to a friend of the family uh, back in the 70s from a Russian researcher in the CIA files. Okay, now, this is interesting here. When this stuff comes out, don't you think at that point it has been discounted pretty much? I'm sorry, I I just lost the connection there for just a moment. All right, okay, so when stuff comes out here that you can actually look up and research and read, don't you think at that point that the government no longer takes it seriously, otherwise they wouldn't release it? Well, then that's that's another, uh, you go back to the politics behind all this. There was a lot of... uh, political maneuvering going on, and uh, a lot of these programs, the DIA did not want to put these programs out in the public, and that was part of the reason that they transferred them over to the CIA. Uh, They had requested, after the Cold War ended, uh, they requested that the researchers here working on paranormal topics, they wanted them to cooperate with their Soviet counterparts, and the DIA had resisted doing that, so there was some political maneuvering going on that basically... Uh, took that program away from the Defense Intelligence Agency, which is the military version of the CIA, and moved it to the CIA. Now, the CIA at that point, they didn't want to have anything to do with it, so they basically hired the right skeptics to kill the program and just ended it. Uh, but the, sto- the story is, of course, that it was picked up by the NSA, or that the NSA already had a program and it's kept on going. Wow. What can I say? I don't know whether to believe any of this stuff, but the other question I have here is, do we think that maybe a portion of this information that people like you who look into so-called hidden, top-secret information, etc., etc., you're just being goofed with, they're giving you a lot of nonsense, so you'll run off with it and say something, or maybe in turn they'll get whatever information you really have? Well, I think that you know, if you if you do enough research where you actually you know look through thousands of pages of government documents, uh, which is what I've been able to do since they released them back in 2004, uh, you get you get a pretty good picture from that many documents of, of what was going on and how the programs were run and who who loved the programs and who hated them and the the political fighting you know over the the money that was involved and so forth and um, I think that. I have a little bit different perspective because before I did this research, I was doing my own research 
into the physics, into the uh, the research that was going on still in the 1990s in topics, so the, you know, paranormal topics. The, the what is consciousness? How is consciousness produced in the brain? It's called the heart problem because it's uh, it's a problem for philosophers because scientists can't explain what consciousness is. And then you've got these topics that kind of blend the two areas together. Do we live in a multiverse? Are there parallel universes? Is there a, a different version of me doing something different right now? And is there any chance that our minds are connected on some level where I can get information from my alternative self in a different universe that I might not be able to access here in the universe I'm in? So, you know, you, you can take this out as far as you want to, but from a more practical uh, point of view for, for the government, at the very least, they're going to be interested in how can we use this to do intelligence? And, and that means how can we take this information and use it to predict things that might happen that we hadn't thought of using our regular models, or how can we use this as a counterintelligence as a tool to gain access into other groups of people that we have interest in? And, and the thing that, that I realized from reading the Stargate files, I was rather naive when I first got into this field. And I'll ask you to explain much... what was naive about that. With Gary Beckham joining us, with Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. G-C-N. Great talk radio starts here. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Ladies and gentlemen, as we get into the final four segments of the show, I have to tell you, this is a wild ride. And we're taking a rather fascinating journey with Gary Beckham. I guess you have to kind of stop your disbelief systems, you know, put your belief systems on hold and just listen to this to see whether we have any factual information. You're with Gene and Chris, you're in the PowerCast. Mr. O'Brien, you've been a fly on the wall for the first two-thirds of the show, and I'm anxious to see where you want to take it having listened to them. Well, I admire Gary's, first of all, I admire Gary's tenacity to do the amount of research that evidently you've done, and it's very difficult to filter through a lot of this information 
uh, like you've done and, and really come up with <clears throat> solid information that you can really take to the bank, so to speak. And I'm just wondering, where do you come down, Gary? Uh, we've been talking a lot about, you know, stuff that you've uncovered, but what do you think that we're dealing with? What do you think UFOs are? Do you think we're dealing with a multiple scenario here with various possibly unrelated or even possibly related types of phenomena going on? Are we dealing with ETs? Are we dealing with metaterrestrials? Are we dealing with ultra-terrestrials or crypto-terrestrials? I mean, you've done a lot of work. You've got a lot of contacts. Where do you come down, at least in the UFO part of this? Well, I think that um, my, my feeling is that, that the UFO topic, as far as I'm concerned, is still one of those ambiguous areas. I haven't seen enough solid information to say that there's definitely something to it, other than you know hints that once in a while, maybe we detect something that does something weird on our radar screens that we can't explain. I'm kind of coming down, I guess, on the same same page as John Alexander in his UFO book. But the UFO topic is only a small part of this. The, the bigger picture, from my point of view, is you've got to look at the fact that we are in a very big universe. And not only are we in this big universe, but there may be all these parallel realities. And, and this is something that actually isn't something that came from the imagination of scientists. This is something that's predicted in the mathematics of the quantum theory. So if you take the mathematics seriously, you have to take seriously the possibility that there are these parallel worlds. So in this gigantic scheme of things, the chances are, with all the time involved, you know, how long the universe has been around, it's more likely than not that we have been visited or contacted by something from somewhere else. So that, I guess that's, that's my point of view, is whatever that is, and however it gets here or however long it's been here, more than likely there is something to that. So we assume then, to take it a step further, Gary, that the government or different governments of the world know this collectively or separately? Well, it, what they know is the, is the big question. Now, if you, you know, again, if you take the stories that uh, you, we've heard, you know, like the one uh, about the core story, what it's, it sounds like is they know there's something there, but whatever it is, it's, it outsmarts them. It's, it's beyond what we can deal with um, at a level of what, you know, what we call intelligence in the government. We, the intelligence community is not prepared to handle whatever this is. And so it's, it's kind of this, you know, it's the 800-pound gorilla sitting in the dark corner of the room that you know is there, and it hasn't moved, so you're just kind of waiting. <laughs> and you don't want to disturb it. So it's, it's sitting there, you know, looking over your shoulder as you're, as you're trying to deal with everything else going on in the world. So it's look but don't touch until there's a reason to touch it. So, yeah, from the point of view of the intelligence community. Now, if you talk to the, these guys that worked in intelligence, I just don't understand every time you tell me this. I talk to guys who work in intelligence, and I would kind of think that when they left the intelligence world, they were admonished very seriously not to reveal this. Why would they talk to Gary Beckham? Well, yes, that's a, it's a good question. Now, the, the thing is, first of all, they're not revealing anything that they know that they've seen in classified documents. They're passing on rumors that they've heard from senior people. For what purpose? Well, that's the, again, that's a question that we don't know the answer to, obviously. Um, the whole point, of, I guess, that I, I was going to make is that this core story is a story. It's a story. It's not a hard set of facts. It's not a, a document. It's not an MJ-12, you know, bogus document or anything. What it, what it is, the core story that we have, that we know, 
is the real documents the government gives us. That's the best we can do. We've got 90,000 pages from Stargate. We've got you know other things that the CIA has released where we know that the CIA directors in the 1950s were interested in using UFOs, which they did not understand at the time, for psychological you know, warfare purposes. So basically so take advantage a- of a real event to gain their own advantage. But then you have to think... If you're doing that, wouldn't the forces behind the UFOs say, what are they doing? Well, yeah. The, the, I guess, the, again, the, the whole point is the, they intended to use something they did not understand for, again, for their advantage to gain intelligence. So they're willing to use things they don't understand. They did that with remote viewing because they never really understood what that was either to gain intelligence about the Russians, for example, when they were spying on Russian missile sites and things like that. Uh, you know, it's very weird. It's very paranormal. If you talk to the average person about these kind of topics, they have no idea their government's even been involved in this kind of stuff. But this is documented. This is the stuff the government actually admits to having done. So what are they doing in the, in the secret world? Well, if you talk to any of these intelligence guys, they'll tell you that we think it's happening in the military-industrial complex. That's where they're pointing their fingers. Would the military-industrial complex then be the repository of the real information? Would they be the keepers of the secret? Not the government, but private industry, because then there's no oversight. Exactly. Uh, Well, here's the thing. If you talk to these guys and they'll say something like, well, maybe the president doesn't have a need to know. Well, in terms of the chain of command, you know, the president, is the president. You know, he has the power and the authority. But when you talk about compartmented programs, they call them special access programs, the person in charge of that program determines the need to know. Now, if they've got a big secret and they don't want it to get out, unless somebody makes an official inquiry and they would have to know about it to begin with to make the inquiry, then that information can stay compartmented, even from the president of the United States. Okay, the president of the United States, I guess this is one of the big discussions. You know, people say, no, okay, we should ask the president to reveal what the government knows about UFOs. So is the president just considered, well, he's just, you know, a renter as far as we're concerned. He's in here for four or eight years, and then he's gone, so we don't worry about him. He does his thing, and then he leaves, but we're still going to be here after that president is gone. So do we tell him anything? And if he asks, what do we tell him? Ah, it's nothing. Don't worry about it. Yeah, and that dovetails uh, to the to the whole subject of disclosure. Aha, that dirty word, disclosure. Okay, Gary, we brought you into the mud. <laughs> well, and this is where it gets, you know, again, it gets very smoky in the mirrors. Uh, you know, you can walk through this hall of mirrors, and, and you know, all you're going to see is your own reflection, your own thoughts, your own ideas, your own conspiracies as you walk through this thing. But ultimately, what I think it means is that the president, you know, even at the level of the president of the United States, what he knows is what they brief him on in that national intelligence estimate when they sit down at these meetings. That's what he knows. It's just like this business we talked about earlier with 9-11. There were agencies there that should have been in the know. They should have known. The FBI should have known there were al-Qaeda terrorists in Los Angeles. Well, they knew, at least on the local level, they knew... That there was something afoot. There were supposedly, what, more than 50 warnings that something could happen. So it was the local authorities not conveying the message to the national authorities? Well, it's, it's a breakdown where information is, is held 
so closely that it's not shared. And, and agencies are in competition with each other uh, with different agendas. So from the CIA's point of view, they're looking at these guys like, this is a perfect opportunity for us to get in with these guys. We can turn them. They can become double agents and we'll send them back overseas to where they came from and they're going to spy for us. And we don't want the FBI to know because this is, in the United States, it's FBI jurisdiction. Well, of course, Bin Laden did work for the CIA at one time. I think a lot of people realize that. We have Gary Beckham. We're exploring now so much stuff about government information, disinformation, and more, even the dreaded disclosure word. If you have a comment or a question about the Paracast, why don't you send us a note, news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com, or give us a tweet at theparacast on Twitter, at theparacast. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Are you ready to order the official Paracast t-shirt? You asked, we answered. We're now taking orders for the official Paracast t-shirt. It comes in white, 100% cotton. The front of it features the same logo that we have on our community forums. On the back it says, separating signal from noise. To order the official Paracast t-shirt, here's all you have to do. Visit our new online store at store.theparacast.com. One more time, that's store.theparacast.com. You can use a major credit card to place your order for the official Paracast t-shirt. Hey, neighbors, we have one more thing to talk about, and that's more merchandise at the official Paracast store. We have hats, we have jackets, we even have a flip video camcorder customized with the Paracast logo at the official Paracast store. It's all now available at the official Paracast store, store store.theparacast.com. Gold. It's like nothing else on Earth. From the Romans through the Renaissance, from the Industrial Age to the Space Age, gold has weathered the test of time. For six 6,000 years, gold has remained the ultimate store of wealth. According to the World Gold Council and the U.S. Mint, demand is at an all-time high. The stage is being set for the reemergence of gold as the common-sense alternative to a fiat paper currency that gets weaker every day. Midas Resources is proud to offer the hard-hitting report that arms you with the truth you need to protect you and your family from the Fed's plans for your hard-earned money. Don't gamble with your future. Call Midas Resources today and ask for your free copy of As Good As Gold. Call 1-800-686-223. For the report the Fed hopes you'll never see. As good as gold can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. If you have ever thought about owning gold, you must read this report. Call Midas today at 800-686-2237. The perfect water for drinking, bathing, and cleaning right at your fingertips? Yes, you can now have the most powerful water ionizer on the market for less than half the price of competitors. The Genesis Platinum Water Ionizer from GibsonsHealth.com creates the perfect drinking water of 9.5 pH, automatically cleans every time you use it, and even tells you when to change filters. Other 7-plate water ionizers are priced at two or even $3,000, but the Genesis Platinum is only $16.95. Get yours today at GibsonsHealth.com. Under Nutritionals, be sure to click on Essential Oils for aromatic liquids extracted from a broad range of flowers, stems, seeds, and bark. And to really balance your body, click on Go Green, the most complete green drink available, necessary for survival. All this and more are found at GibsonsHealth.com. Call 800-388-6844. That's 800-388-6844 or GibsonsHealth.com. Healthful living since 1974. 
that's what it sounds like when a burglar kicks in the door of a dark house that looks like no one is home. Don't let your home be the next target. Make it look like someone is home watching television with fake TV. Fake TV is a small electronic device that makes the same light as a real television. So from outside, it looks like someone is home watching TV. Fake TV plugs in just like a lamp on a timer, but is far more convincing to burglars. Fake TV deters burglars, costs far less than an alarm, and is highly recommended by numerous police departments. Use it anytime you're away from home. To order your fake TV for only $34.95, go to faketv.com. Or call 1-877-5-FAKE-TV. Each additional fake TV is only $29.95. So get one for you and one for a loved one for safety, security, and peace of mind for both of you. Call 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. FakeTV.com, the burglar deterrent. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And if you'd like to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from theparacast.com. That's theparacast.com. Or check us out at iTunes. On the Paracast with Gene and Chris, Gary Beckham joining us. The site, by the way, is starpod.org, starpod.org. So if you want to know about the things he's working on, the things he's researched, the things that he may or may not believe in, that's the place to go. We can only scratch the surface here because that's where it goes. So anyway, are we saying here that there are so many right hands and left hands in the government that it's very hard to put a central picture on anything? Yes, and that's exactly what they intend. They, they don't want this information on these programs to leak out. So the way they do it is they compartmentalize different pieces of the puzzle. They separate them from each other and they break the communication between them in order to keep them buried deep in the black part of the, of the government. And so if there's information, let's say there was some kind of a contact with an extraterrestrial, maybe, let's say, you know, 1947, Roswell, we'll use that as an example. So at that time, that information maybe made it to the president. But at some point in time, the president set up a compartmented program, and all that information is compartmented and hidden into the government deeply. Now, is there a need, once that program has been completely isolated from everything else, is there a need for that program brief the president if they determine that that information should not go outside that program. Well, the other issue about Roswell, though, the issue about Roswell is that it's always possible that all we're dealing here with are some secret weapons tests, balloon tests. And, you know, they first report, oh, it's a UFO, and they get destroyed. No, this is a government test. You know, tell them it's just a silly balloon. Let's just get rid of it. And they get rid of it for... 30 years, and suddenly these people, Charles Burlitz, Stanton Friedman, William Moore, start poking their heads in there, poking their noses in there, and they start getting this information. But maybe that's all it was. Just something 30 years later got blown out of proportion. Just a suggestion. It's certainly possible. And that, that's why, I'm, I, like I say, I'm not, a, I'm not someone who pushes a conspiracy theory. I look at all of this information, and I try to evaluate what we can find out and what we know, 
and look at the motives, the sources, the methods behind it, and what is their agenda, and try to determine some of those things. Uh, but you're right, it could very well be. Now, the Air Force has changed their story on Roswell, I don't know how many times. And it, I think it's interesting that there's no mention of Roswell, you know, in these briefings where the CIA director is talking about briefing the president uh, on the UFO topic, because those are now you know, documents that you can read online at the CIA's website. So there, there's a lot of questions about what was really going on. Until there's more hard evidence, we really won't know. The, the bottom line is if they want to keep this stuff buried, they're going to do everything they can to bury it. And there will be rumors. People will talk. There will be stories. And that's what we've got. That's what's going to leak out. But the actual solid information, the solid evidence is going to be buried deep inside of this military-industrial complex. That, that's the story I get back from people like Edgar Mitchell, the Apollo astronaut who walked on the moon. Um, he's a firm believer that somebody does know something, that there's been alien contact, and that that information is really deep in the military part of the government. And, Gene, we, we should probably remind our listeners that Gary uh, released a book last year called Spies, Lies, and Polygraph Tape. Uh, the subtitle is Knowing the Future of the UFO Spy Games. And pretty much uh, everything that we've discussed here uh, on the program, Gary does touch on in this book. And we'll have a link up at our site for uh, for our listeners to go to, uh, to Amazon or, or wherever Gary would like to direct them. Well, we do have a link up already to his site, so if you want to leave it at that, Gary, right. we're happy to send people to your site and let them get more information that if they want to buy one of your books, fine. Okay, so the book itself, though, let's get into that because we really haven't touched it really yet, although we've touched it but just haven't referred to it directly. What are you trying to demonstrate in the body of that book? Well, it, the book itself is kind of a, it's a, actually a collection of articles. So it's a, it's a bunch of different articles that uh, we were publishing back, again, going back several years ago when we were dealing with Ron Pandolfi and Dan Smith and Ms. Anscombe was out doing her research and meeting with these people and sending a lot of information to us. So it kind of covers, again, this, this whole idea of the, the blending of the UFO world with the spy world and the spy games that were going on and uh, questions about exactly you know, what really was, what was it really about? Was it just about, you know, was it a big you know, game that people were playing? Were these, you know, guys just getting a good chuckle every day reading these articles, you know, about themselves in the UFO topic? Was there something more serious to it? Was there, you know, what about this high-frequency gravity wave research, these Chinese researchers? Was there more going on there? So the, whole, the book kind of covers a whole range. It starts out with the story of Ingo Swan, who was the CIA's original top psychic spy at the Stanford Research Institute, and a little adventure that he had back in the 70s that he wrote about in a book that's not, I think it's out of, out of print at this point, but he wrote a story about how he had been approached by a black operation that wanted him to remote view the moon, use the psychic powers that he had been working on for spying on the Russians, and targeted against certain locations on the moon. And then when he did that, he saw what he assumed or interpreted to be uh, alien extraterrestrial beings walking on the moon. That's a pretty far-out story. And, of course, it's just coming from one source. It's coming from Ingo Swan. So, you know, we could assume he just made it up. We could assume that maybe they wanted to test his ability, and this was part of a little game they played with him to see what would happen. Well, certainly if you want to expose him as being just a fraud, you have him look for something that doesn't exist, and he says, well, here it is. Aha, we found out he's a fraud. Right. Or just even as a psychological test, just what would happen? How does his imagination respond? There's lots of different possibilities there. Now, he claims that after all this happened, the same group of people took him to uh, somewhere in northern Alaska where they took him to encounter some kind of a vehicle, presumably a spaceship uh, from another world. 
floating over a lake. And the story that he tells, they're kind of crouched down and this thing is coming up over the water and it's just starting to become visible and there's like lightning flashing around it. And all of a sudden it starts shooting laser beams at the trees and it's hitting the branches above them and the branches are falling off on top of them and they have to basically run for their lives and get away from this thing. Do you take that as a truth? I mean, is that just a story he made up? Is it is it real? Was it a real incident he experienced? If it was real, was it something that they set up? You know, they could have put lasers on a target and put fog around it and dropped branches on them and tried to fool them. I mean, it could be a psychological operation. So we don't know. Now, there's so also a big question story. about UFO events. What part of so-called UFO events are staged? And I go back... And this is one where I get ripped on every time I do it, but I don't care, I'll do it anyway. I go back to Barney and Betty Hill, right near the military base. They have friends in the military. And these people are picked up as the ideal subject for tests in hypnotic regression, tests in a fantasy event. What do you think about that? Well, I, I know that you know if you read uh, like Kit Green, for example, he works with the DIA. He does some consulting for him, and he's on a committee called the Tiger Committee with some fairly high, highly placed people that used to be uh, deputy directors at the uh, CIA. And one of the things he did was a study on basically on the mind and how the mind can be uh, used in warfare in the future. He touches on that topic of, of what they call false memory, uh, people that have these alien abduction incidents and so forth. And more or less, you know, his conclusion there is that these things are basically hallucinations in the, in the sense of they, he doesn't believe the real events that took place. But when they look at these people, when they analyze their brain, they experience the same post-traumatic stress disorder that they would experience if these had been real events. I'll tell you about speaking of real events, imagined events, and other events, Gary Beckham joins us. You're on with Chris and Gene. You're in the Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Discover a natural way to experience cleaner, healthier indoor air without expensive filters and high-priced machines. Discover what healthcare professionals have known for decades. Salt ionizes and purifies indoor air. 
That's why you need to visit SilverSkyImports.com. SilverSkyImports.com offers a wide assortment of Himalayan crystal salt lamps, handcrafted from salt crystals that are millions of years old, contain healthy ions that eliminate odor, reduce bacteria, and can even help allergy and asthma sufferers, which means you and your family will breathe better, sleep sounder, and have more energy. These salt lamps are available in stunning, natural colors and shapes to accent any home or office, are environmentally friendly, and best of all, they're affordable. And don't forget, SilverSkyImports.com also carries gourmet and bath salts. Order today at SilverSkyImports.com or call 800-494-1369. That's 800-494-1369. Breathe easier, feel better, live healthier at SilverSkyImports.com. Iodine protection packs from HempUSA.org are now in stock for immediate delivery worldwide. Our iodine protection packs include micro plant powder, green life kelp, red palm oil, and our clear roll-on iodine that will feed the body the iodine it needs. All iodine protection packs are in stock, save you money, and ship for free in all 50 states. Visit HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with Microplant powder. Visit us at HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. Smokers, are you still smoking traditional cigarettes? Are you still smelling up your clothes and car interior, staining your teeth, and getting ashes everywhere? Why? When you could be smoking or vaping with e-cigarettes by LaSig. With LaSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replacement cartridges, you'll get all the satisfaction of smoking, but no smoking hazards. Choose from a wide variety of our new American-made Vapriate e-liquid flavors at LaSig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com, or call 870-518-4307. That's 870-518-4307. LaSig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. Warning, e-cigs may contain nicotine, an addictive substance known to the state of California to cause birth defects or cancer. Please be aware of the risks associated with e-cigs prior to use. You must be 18 years or older to purchase. Hi, this is Clifford Cliff, the International Director for the Mutual UFO Network. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Gene and Chris, you're in the PowerCast. A couple more segments to spend with Gary Beckham. Going far afield, but right now we're coalescing on the UFO field and the possibility that the government is generating different kinds of UFO-related events, that abductions could be some kind of hallucination experience, vivid dream or something like that, but also the government is involved in generating those events, possibly to see how we'd react to alien contact. So we get back to the D word, disclosure. Let's look at that for a little bit here. Do you think the government has guilty knowledge about UFO reality or they've just been playing games because they're just gobsmacked like everybody else? Well, you know, I based on my own contacts, I would say the people that I have contact with, 
they're, they're curious, they're interested in the topic, they see utility in some situations for it, but they don't come off as, as saying that they know or understand anything. Now, that said, they may not be allowed to say what they really know. Um, like you mentioned, if you've got a security clearance, you know, you, there's just topics that you don't talk about. So it's possible these guys know a lot more than they're saying. But I haven't personally encountered anybody that's going to come, that's come forward and said, hey, this is exactly what's going on. Now, you, you get those stories from people like Rick Doty and Bob Collins, you know, um, exempt for disclosure, or from disclosure, um, Collins' book, where they talk about all these secret programs and, the, you know, the alien ambassador in Washington and stories of these. Again, I think it's the same basic core story of three visitors that, that uh, Collins talks about. Um, I can't take any of that seriously at this point just because I don't have any solid information that even begins to back it up. Now, when you, when you talk about the paranormal stuff, which I would say is primarily mental, the, the uh, psychic spying, the, uh, the things that happen in the brain where you're able to remote view or see things at a distance, there's a lot more information on that that's you know documented in government files. So that's, some, that's a different topic. So, and that's kind of where I started in this field because... I was interested in these anomalous mental phenomena, um, lucid dreams, uh, people who were experiencing things like alien abductions or encounters they couldn't explain that seemed to be as real as their, or, you know, as what we call reality. They were experiencing very vividly uh, encounters with beings from somewhere else. And I found that very interesting, especially when you start thinking about things like, is it possible that there is such a thing as telepathy? Can, can brains be connected to each other somehow? and share experiences in ways that would create these kind of, you know, hallucinations or, or dream events. And if that's the case, could someone or something with a very advanced technology induce those experiences uh, using technology to create basically artificial worlds? And, and as I thought about that more, I started to think that, look, in the future, or if you were talking about advanced beings from another uh, planet, they may very well not experience reality like we do. What we experience now is kind of the reality that's you know evolved with us over over time. But in the future, they may actually live in their own virtual realities that they create. That might be the only thing they know as as reality. That might be the only thing that their consciousness experiences. It's like Tron, where you create a virtual reality world and it seems physical to you. Exactly. So so then, if you take that as an assumption and you go, okay, so what if that was the case? And we did get visitors, and that was the world they lived in. What would it be like to encounter a being using that kind of technology? And, and the conclusion I came up with was basically your encounter with a being in that kind of environment would be more like having a bad hallucination <laughs> than it would be like experiencing a physical nuts and bolts you know, technology. So there never could that, be then a real physical nuts and bolts reality with UFOs, if we take this particular theory seriously, uh, I'm sorry. You, you, you were asking if if there could still be a nuts and bolts reality. To well, the I'm UFOs saying if you assume that there's some virtual reality component in this, then we could say, of course, that you can never take the UFO experience seriously in that sense. But maybe we're looking at the matrix effect here. Maybe our reality is nothing more than virtual reality. And if that's the case, I'm living in a nightmare, folks. I want to get into a different reality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's and actually when you start to start to think about parallel worlds and, and this idea that 
um, we are constantly branching into different versions of ourselves doing different things. And, and you think about that as being kind of a gigantic virtual reality in a certain sense. Uh, I have this crazy theory that I sometimes think about, which is that as far as your reality is concerned, every so often you jump reality. So everything kind of turns topsy-turvy, and therefore you've lived in many realities. In one reality, you're dead. In another reality, you're 90 years old. In one reality, you're worth $10 million, and that's the reality I'd like to return to. But whatever, your lifetime transcends different realities, and your consciousness moves back and forth or maybe forward. Who knows? Yeah, and, and that actually, that's an idea. There's a, there's a Russian uh, scientist, uh, uh, Michael Nemsky, who's, who's kind of proposed sort of a, a variation on this parallel world theory that comes from, the, from quantum theory, uh, with the idea that your consciousness itself is kind of what separates these different worlds. And, and in these states where you're not really fully conscious and you're not fully unconscious, you're in this kind of twilight zone in between where you're able to access bits and pieces of some of these other realities and bring that information back. Uh, in your mind so that you can, in a certain sense, you're, that's what your imagination is, is your imagination is reaching into other realities and gathering up information. And when you do that, you know, in a way that it's very focused, um, like we did in the psychic uh, remote viewing program, what you're doing is basically using a really fine-tuned imagination to collect information on on things that are in different worlds but are very similar to things in our world. And maybe so, trying to find a connection. So they're not really going to another place here. They're basically dropping into another reality, picking up some tidbits of information, bringing it back, and that's why it's so imperfect? Yeah, it, that's kind of the idea. I mean, you, you could kind of think of like uh, what the psychics did where they were trying to see inside of Russian facilities that in some other world, there's a maybe a version of themselves that has some of this knowledge. You know, Maybe it was collected in some other way under normal circumstances, but they knew inside this Russian facility there's a gigantic crane. So then when they connect with this part of themselves in this other reality, uh, which, again, we kind of think of it as imagination, they imagine this giant crane in this building, and then they draw it on a piece of paper. And then the CIA gets their spy satellites up there, and eventually the door opens, and lo and behold, what comes rolling out of there with a giant crane. Now, that actually happened at SRI when one of their psychics, uh, Pat Price, was targeted as a, just as a test case against a, a location in the Soviet Union. So, you know, it, these kind of things that happen that are very hard to explain using, you know, any conventional science. And at the same time, the intelligence community has, has shown that they have no qualms about using things they don't understand if they think they gain an advantage by doing it. So, so my guess would be if there was some kind of UFO problem or, you know, alien visitation or whatever it would be, that there would be these groups of people figuring out ways to how do we use this stuff? We don't know how it works, but we want to use it for whatever purpose we can put it to. Well, that brings up a really interesting point, Gary, and that is sort of gateways between worlds. Uh, you know, the name Kit Green has come up a number of times here uh, today, and there is a rumor going around that the infamous uh, Bigelow Ranch, uh, the Terry Sherman Ranch, better known as Skinwalker Ranch, featured an event where Kit Green was rumored to be the mystery physicist that actually witnessed a portal opening up in the air on the ranch and a humanoid-type 
large creature kind of crawling through this portal. What sort of work have you done looking into the so-called Skinwalker Ranch case? And have you been able to verify who that mystery physicist was? I don't know who the mystery physicist was. I don't think it was Kit Green because I think he was brought in as a uh, forensic consultant. I don't think he was physically necessarily at the ranch doing you know, day-to-day research. We know that Dr. Eric Davis um, was there. And actually, I did get some information from Dr. Davis that I thought was very interesting where he talked about an incident where one of the scientists there was actually paralyzed, almost like one of these lucid dream events where, you know, you you wake up and you can't move, but you're aware and you see these beings in the room. We'll have to explore that lucid dream possible event and more with Gary Beckham. You're with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. You expect professional service from your doctor, your accountant, and even the girl who takes your morning coffee order. Why not from your domain registrar, too? Namecheap.com provides stellar service with no sneaky upselling. We offer more features and security options for your website than there are ways to order a latte. And new domains come with WhoisGuard to protect your personal info. At Namecheap.com, you can get your domain for as low as $2.99. Now is a great time to get to know Namecheap.com. For 58 years, fate has provided true reports of the strange and unknown. Fate brings you the latest in all aspects of the paranormal, like angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, and much, much more. To receive your complimentary fate magazine, call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at www.fatemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. Folks, have you lost your power and wanted to simply flip a switch to get the lights back on? If so, this is going to be the most important message you'll ever hear. Because there's never been a better time to get ready for the winter power outages ahead. Here's why. Solar power generators are now available from our friends at Solutions from Science, one of our oldest sponsors. Their emergency backup systems provide life-saving electrical power when you need it most. Unlike gas generators, a solar generator runs quietly, emits no fumes, and produces electricity from the sun. It's like having an electric power plant running quietly in your own home. Whether it's ice storms, brownouts, or blackouts, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. When the power goes out this winter, you'll be ready with a solar power generator from Solutions from Science. Go to MySolarBackup.com for more information. That's MySolarBackup.com or call 877-327-0365. Big Berkey water filters are in high demand. Storable foods are also in high demand. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has always kept our focus on the Berkey water filter products. But increasingly, our customers have been asking for storable foods. After months of research, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com now offers great-tasting, long-lasting, storable foods. These ready-to-eat meals are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches. All you do is just add water. And because they're sealed so well, they come with a 25-year shelf life. 
Combine our Berkey water filters, which are powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water with our storable foods, and you have a winning combination. Remember, we offer free shipping on every order over $50, and GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY today. If you constantly feel run down and tired, your pH level might be low and your body could be full of toxins. If what you drink is not at a pH level of 8 or higher, you are inviting bacteria and acid to thrive in your body. But there is something you can do. Simply add 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops to your water to help your body rid itself of acidic waste, increase oxygen, and raise your pH balance to optimum levels. AlkaVision Plasma pH drops combine a unique formula of the most alkaline minerals in the world. Alkalizing the water you you drink, ridding your body of acidic waste and toxins, and helping you regain energy and vibrant health. And studies show viruses, bacteria, and toxins cannot survive in an alkaline, high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast with Gary Beckham. And by the way, Gary Beckham's book is called Spies, Lies, and Polygraph Tape, Knowing the Future, the UFO Spy Games. All right? And if you go to his site, you can find out more, starpod.org. Okay, so we're talking here about someone who had this sort of lucid dream that you were about to describe in our previous segment, and now we're kind of going down the home stretch here, so maybe you can tell the story. Okay, well, the story basically is that they're at the Skinwalker Ranch, and this is the same place where you mentioned the wormhole, the portal, or whatever they had seen open up, and something that they couldn't really see very well looked like it had crawled out, and then the portal closed up, and they didn't see anything after that. Uh, But in that same general area, one of the scientists apparently had a waking lucid dream. It was was essentially, it hit him and took control of his his body. He was frozen in place. He was unable to move. He was unable to speak. And then a a group of voices, uh, very, uh, I think the way they described them as male voices, very terse, just threatening, basically telling uh, the scientists that they needed to leave the ranch. And it it held him in this kind of state, I don't know, not for too long, but just long enough to to pass on this message. And then they released him, and then everything returned to normal. And there was no other physical parameters that they were able to measure that corresponded to the incident. So it's one of these very ambiguous things where it it happens to you, you experience it, but you have no physical evidence to support what had just happened. But it was, you know, basically the, you know, some kind of a telepathic experience, something that took over his mind, froze his body in place, and gave him this warning. And this was again coming from Dr. Davis, so you know he was one of their, their primary scientists there at the NIDS uh, project there at the ranch. Uh, I thought that was interesting, and I did ask about that, and uh, got a different, you know, kind of a, a different set of opinions from different people, but. 
Uh, one idea was that there may be some kind of military hardware that's been developed that can actually do this to you. This could actually be uh, some kind of black ops secret research technology that they are experimenting with. Uh, maybe they've been doing things on the ranch. Maybe it was part of a psychological operation, and they didn't want anybody there messing around with them. Uh, and they used this to to warn off the scientists. The other side of that, of course, is that there are people that believe that no, this is absolutely not something that we have. It must have been an alien technology. This is evidence that there was some kind of uh, alien intelligence on the ranch. It didn't like the presence of the scientists and wanted to get them out of there. And of course, the third one is that well, you know, Eric made that all up, and it's just a bunch of BS. <laughs> well, there's there's so, a fourth one too, Gary, and and that is the indigenous people there. They claim that this is a a place where skinwalkers come and go. That black magicians uh, have been using the area for generations. It's a taboo area on the ranch. They're not allowed to go there. And this does have a history that goes back quite a ways, which would possibly call some sort of uh, government or military program there in you know that theory into question but have you heard anything uh about recent activity up there i know you've looked into this case yeah i i haven't you know i and every so often i correspond with george knapp and of course he was uh, the author of the book on the on the ranch which i highly recommend it's a very well written book um it's an interesting case for me because i've had a few brushes with like poltergeist type phenomena over the years and uh and of course i've read the uh the literature, you know, you go back into the 70s, and uh, I think it was Carlos Castaneda that wrote about the uh, the allies, they referred to them as, these kind of massive beings that would appear and and uh, spin them into different locations. So, you know, you basically have that same picture of a being, you know, kind of a wormhole-like thing that spins and takes you to another location. You'll see that, of course, now in the, uh, in the Harry Potter movies. It's, you know, when they move from one place to another, they basically spin out of uh, one location and appear in another location. And, uh, and that literature goes way back. So um, it's an interesting phenomenon, though. It's, it's, um, it's something I can't put my finger on, but I think there's some reality behind it. I don't know what it is. Well, we do know that the Uinta Basin area has been a hotbed for paranormal and UFO activity going all the way back into the late 60s. Uh, there's a very good book called The uh, Utah UFO Display by Dr. Frank Salisbury, he and Junior Hicks, a regional investigator there, documented uh, dozens and dozens of very, very interesting uh, UFO sightings right there around the region that the ranch is located in. So we do have some sort of historical documentation going back at least 40-plus years that would indicate that there is something unusual about that particular location, again, which would you know, possibly argue uh, be an argument against uh, any sort of potential government technology being uh, being utilized there um, so I you know, I don't know where you know where where this stuff actually starts and where it ends I mean you talk to the youth up there which I have and and they say oh this has been something that's been going on there for a hundred plus years so it's interesting to me that we should have location specific uh, regions around the world and in definitely here in the southwest United States where this type of activity does have uh, a history that goes back into prehistory. So it, it would sort of, in a sense, uh, it says to me that there is something physical um, at the core of some of this type of activity. And uh, the Sherman Ranch case, I think, is is one of the, the better examples of this particular aspect of this phenomenal you know, type of events. There's a 
there's there's definitely other things going on out there too. And and uh, my uh, brother, who's a, a teaches film at the University of Utah in Salt Lake City, uh, he had a, a sighting out in uh, the mountains near uh, Salt Lake City, where he saw some kind of a black triangle just kind of floating uh, in the sky, just motionless, and you know basically had no idea what he was seeing. I mean, he's he's not the kind of person who's chasing UFOs or you know. Uh, doing that kind of stuff, uh, I think it really surprised him when he saw it, and he was kind of mystified by it. So I think there are, there is something else out there, and I don't know if it's like experimental aircraft or or what what is going on. But um, in addition to these phenomena, you know, that that happen to people that people experience, there's probably other things, you know, uh, that are being seen in the sky. Uh, it's just a question of whose are they and what are they. What does someone like a Gary Beckham do to really get a handle on all this? Certainly, there's a lot of fascinating information that you cover on your site and, of course, your book, which we'll mention again in just a couple of minutes before we leave. But what do you do to go further to try to really show once and for all what these mysteries are all about and how they relate to each other if they do? Easy question, Gene. Well, of course, but we want to <laughs> we never make it easy on this show. <laughs> Um, I think I think one thing we can do is we can we can try to get more openness from our government because I would really love to see more of the files, uh, even the files that are released, for example, from Stargate. Lots of the information is is redacted, removed out of the documents. Um, there was I think ninety thousand pages released and fifty thousand that were still withheld in most programs. And you know what we're talking about here. You get if you go through all this stuff and you go, why on earth was this classified? You're talking about a, a group of a, a very small group of people sitting in a room, writing down pictures in their head, <laughs> basically, and and then classifying it and burying it as deep as they could, you know, in special access programs. And then, of course, the related research was like, well, how do we explain this? Because they're going to want a scientific explanation for something that makes no sense. How are we going to explain the need to research this and the need to spend all the money on it? And I think, you know, when we get into these other topics, I personally think it's probably the same thing. I think that they probably have documentation that there's some kind of phenomena going on there. They can't put their uh, you know finger on it completely. They don't know exactly what they're dealing with. They know there's some reality behind it. They don't have a theory to really explain it. And they're kind of at a loss as to, well, what do we do with it? It's like, again, like I said, it's the 800-pound gorilla sitting in the corner in the shadow. You kind of know it's there. It's looking over your shoulder, and you're just kind of hoping it just leaves you alone. <laughs> but, well, I hope so, you know, too. The book, by the way, is called Spies, Lies, and Polygraph Tape, Knowing the Future, the UFO Spy Games. Tell us very quickly where to get that book. Oh, the, the book is available uh, at Amazon.com. If you go to my website at starpod.org, there's an ad there. If you click that, it'll take you right to the uh, page at Amazon. The site, again, is called starpod.org. And if you found what you heard on this show fascinating from Gary Beckham, go to the site because there's a lot more where that came from. Chris O'Brien, where do we find more of the stuff that you do? Well, of course, I do have a website, OurStrangePlanet.com. I'm a moderator at Forum.TheParacast.com. And I want to thank Gary for coming on the show. And Gary, I think we need to have you back because I think we just kind of introduced a lot of the work that you do but uh, there's still a lot of topics that I'd like to cover and get you back on the show and we really appreciate you coming on Gary Beckham thanks for joining us this week on the Paracast thank you very much guys I had a great time thank you the Paracast 
featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast. <laughs>